BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Alien ant eater snout looking dick. Don't usually do these because you pick movies that I don't want to talk about. So people think Kevin, uh, Andrew McCarthy's gay. She tries to set him up with David Silver's dad from 90210. He knows how to get drugs. It's they want to buy drugs. Like, good little side gig. I am back. Well, we, eventually we. Uh, my name is Brian Beckner. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, episode 280. We have a movie review episode to do this week. A couple of movies while Ed is away in, I don't know where he is, Italy, Italy, as some people pronounce it. Um, so we, we did, if you haven't checked it out, episode 278, we discussed the 1988 piece of shit my boss died for some reason we have to pretend he's not dead and carry his corpse around everywhere instead of just putting in the bedroom weekend of bernie's so if you haven't checked that out please do share it with your friends and then this week we discuss the 1986 not quite as big of a piece of shit, but very overrated Rat Pack film, St. Elmo's Fire, that really, really got your boy's dick hard back in the, back when he was nine years old, however old I was when I came out, when I saw it on, on TV in my grandparents' house. St. Elmo's Fire, so stay tuned for that. Also, Ed mentioned that he might check in while he was away, but I haven't seen anything from him. So if between now and me recording and placing this episode on the internet, editing everything that it takes to get it to you, if Ed checks in, I will somehow splice that into the show without making it sound too awkward. I wanted to just catch up on a couple voicemails and emails just so it's not one of those things where it feels like 
it wasn't live this week. Here I am talking to you this week, and I'm about to play you something that we, we previously recorded, but I'm, I'm still here for you. I'm good like that. Uh, also, I was recently a guest on a on the Turn That Off podcast, and uh, they were super cool guys. And I was stoked to go on with them and shoot the shit and bullshit. They are uh, definitely, I wasn't sure, you know, because you kind of hit yourself or you find out somebody's, somebody says, hey, maybe you should go on the show or you're never quite sure. And I listened to a little bit of what they did and I'm like, these guys seem pretty cool. Um, you know, I hope my thing works with their thing. And it totally did. So check out the Turn That Off podcast and I will, as soon as it's up, the episode I was on, I'll post a link, and I'm going to be on another one soon. I don't know when that. I haven't recorded it yet. I'm recording it next week. It's called Man Tools, so I'm going to go on that, and I'll let you guys know when that goes up. And anybody, if you have a podcast or your friends have a podcast or radio show, and they're looking for a guest, um, you know, I'll probably do it. You reach out or have them reach out to me, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com, um, or hit me up on Twitter, or you know, call me. Um, I'm, I'm happy to do anybody's show, just kind of spread the word about my show and uh, maybe have them reciprocate and have them in here if they're, you know, if they work for the way we do it. Uh, okay, what else? Oh, there's a couple, somebody, the, um, the Reddit page has been going off and somebody implored me to read one of the, um, read one of the posts there. So I'll do that. This is from our Reddit page, TBLS underscore Reddit. Uh, this is about last week's episode. They rate they um, rate everything on that page in uh, on the the ladle scale. So, um, in case you're not familiar with the scoop it up, who I'd scoop? Would you scoop? Do you scoop? Um, everything is ranked in terms of ladles, five ladles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes people try to get things to sit Chicken hands get the clock Scoop it up, scoop it up All y'all bitches get to suck it Scoop it up, scoop it up Play a hater still hate Scoop it up, scoop it up Give me that pussy, I ain't wait Scoop it up, scoop it up Hold up, wait a minute Scoop it up, scoop it up Anyway, this is on the scoop it up scale Five fucking ladles Just like every other episode First off, I I am team non weird looking dick. A lot of discussion about my regret over being circumcised. I poured out my heart to you guys last week about how my, the head, the tip of my penis rubs on my shorts when I exercise and it's kind of annoying. And if I had, if my if foreskin were covering the end of my cock, if I had a nice wizard sleeve on there, wouldn't be something I needed to worry about. And people have um, chosen to berate me over that. Yeah, it might be completely pointless in most cases to circumcise, but come on, no worthy broad truly likes to touch a water sock, alien anteater snout looking dick. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I think they're fine either way, but maybe not. That was my, that was my, we talked about that last week. I know it throws me and the old lady off when we're trying to watch wife catches hubby with barely legal babysitter porn, parentheses, normal porn, and a gross, slimy, purple-headed dick comes out of nowhere. Slimy? 
And who wants to take an additional 30 minutes at night rolling all that unnecessary skin back to properly clean your shit? And Brian, you should probably stop suffocating your mid-body area with those nylon cutoff leggings and let the boys breathe so you don't have to gold bond your ass and balls to death. I can hear Fancy Sauce in her OC slash Perth accent when she sees all that. Ew. That is from Squeegee Third Eye. Uh, okay, I appreciate that. I think I, I like that I got a, a five late, five fucking ladle rating on the Reddit page, but uh, I, I appreciate eight anybody that cares to listen and comment. So thank you for that. Uh, go to the go to the Reddit page tbls underscore Reddit. Uh, another quick email, dear ballers, as someone who this is all about my dick. This you guys are really interested in my cock. I mean, I appreciate it. I preach. Thank you. I like it. I like that you're thinking of me. Dear ballers, as someone who suffers from hashtag dark dick, I identify with Brian Beckner. Just as an aside, in case you didn't know, my, my cock is a little bit darker than the rest of my body. I'm, I'm of Latin descent. I have, I, I'm olive complected, typically all over, but my penis is end balls i would say are just a tone darker than the rest of me i i do i have a dark dick i identify with brian beckner i have considered using bleaching creams easy sammy sosa to ease the pain of suffering from this embarrassing ailment calm down your thoughts matt in houston no matt you're insane your dark dick is probably fine it probably looks great it's all shiny when it gets hard. Just keep it, um, keep it trimmed up. Keep it looking good. And you got nothing to worry about. No chick is going to go, oh, your, your dick's dark. Although I have, I shouldn't say that because I have had that. I have had somebody remark, oh, your dick is um, darker. So, but it didn't bother me. I got cock pride. I'm, I'm happy with my dark dick. I wouldn't trade it for one, one of those pink ones. Like everybody within the sound of my voice probably has. I don't want a pink ass dick. That wouldn't match me either. Dark is beautiful. So Matt, be happy with who you are. Definitely don't. Dude, you're not going to put bleach near your dick. That's just insane. Calm down. Don't go out like Michael Jackson. Don't be weird. And it ended up getting all discolored anyway. So not something you want to do. Not something you want to consider. Love yourself. Learn to love yourself and all your parts and learn to handle that thing and you'll be fine. I guarantee you no broad is uh, having any concerns about your dark ass dick. Uh, I think there's a couple emails. Let's check in with the emailers. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring and worthless. 
this, but he's got nothing else to do. He's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. He's met well in Gardenia. He's met well in Gardenia. A couple of voicemails. I don't know if Manuel reached out. It doesn't appear that he did. Let's see who did. Hey, Brian, guys. Hey, uh, you're doing a great job by yourself. I'm laughing my ass off, especially about your dick. Brian, we know everything. We're three for three on dick correspondence, by the way. FYI. I didn't, even, I didn't plan this. It's amazing. It's, you guys never cease to amaze me. I love you. I love you all. There is no about your dick now. We know it's tan. We know it's well-groomed. We know how it curves. I think the only thing we don't know is actual girth, girth and uh, length. Other- it's decent. It's decent. It's not big. Definitely no one has ever accused me of having a big dick. Uh, it's just a regular dick. It's like, right. I've, I've said this before. Lay out all the dicks in the world, small to large, left to right. And mine is going to be like, right, like, in the middle or like a couple to the right. That's my dick. Girth and length. Matt, we know everything there is to know about your penis. Um, as far as circus videos, I uh, disagree. And uh, I was talking to some girls at work about this. They think it's incredibly unattractive to have a cut dick. So, excuse me, to be uncut. So, aesthetic. That's a, that's a typically American thing because most dicks in this country are cut. Not anymore. Now you're about 50-50. The next generation, Gen Z, or whatever it is, the Ill- the Illennials and Gen Z, I think that's two different things. They're going to, well, they don't have sex apparently, but when they do start having sex, uh, an uncut dick is going to look normal. We're, we're the freaks, guys. I'm letting you know. I'm just telling you right now. Um, all that. They, uh, Ask the thoughts, what she thinks. Obviously, she knows, um, but I think women in general do not like an uncut penis. The sauce is fine either way, I think. She's international. She doesn't care. I, I think I've asked her. I don't think she has a preference. But American chicks, yes, I understand where you're coming from. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm cut, but uh, I'm, I'm not being biased. Just going by opinion. And that's not some Salt Lake Mormon girls. So just wanted to weigh in on the circumcision thing. I think it looks mangled if you're uncut. I disagree on that part. So, all right. Take care. Listen to the rest of the episode. It's, uh, it's terrible. Top Gun is going to shatter all records. Jurassic Park, all of them. All right. See you guys. Yeah, Top, top Gun looks sick as fuck. Maverick's not done, even though he's in his, he's almost 60. Hey, I'm, I'm, a 60 year old fighter pilot. Somebody read some, some of you guys are in the military. There's no way the Navy lets dudes fly fucking combat missions in their sixties. There's no way. Don't they make you retire? There's, I'm just not buying that. Okay. And yeah. And yes, my dick is also cut and it's beautiful, but kind of bummed. Hey Brian, I'm listening to the episode. I really, really this is my man. L right here. LSU Law. Really dig the uh, enthusiasm behind the Top Gun movie. I, I mean, I can feel it in your voice. It makes me want to go, but there's... First listener this week not to immediately be discussing my cock. 
And let's, I won't hold that against him. He's got, he wants to talk about Top Gun, and that's fine. One thing I didn't hear that's uh, kind of disturbing, and it's the name Val Kilmer. No Val Kilmer, no Top Gun. I, I don't know how you can remake it with. Okay, I agree. I agree. But I also happen to follow Val Kilmer on Instagram, and Val Kilmer is not, it would be tough to use him in this movie. There was a movie that came out a few years ago and it's called Snowman. And I don't, I think it was European. I don't know. It wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. It was about a serial killer. And there's a movie that came out a few years ago and it's called The Snowman. It's about a serial killer. And Michael Fassbender's in it. Speaking of beautiful dicks. Just beautiful everything. Gorgeous. He's like a, he's like a cop and it's like in Sweden or something. But they're speaking English. Pretty sure. Yeah, it's in somewhere where it's all snow, like in the up the top Europe. And uh, Finland, maybe it can't be Finland. Nothing happens in Finland. Anyway, Val Kilmer's in it. But this Val Kilmer had throat cancer and he fucking can't talk. And he talks a lot better than he did. I recently heard him on my man Jonesy's jukebox, Steve Jones's radio show. Um, but he's, he needs help. Like he's hard to understand. And I don't know they've had to take his vocal cords or, um, but so they dubbed all of his dialogue in that movie and it was weird and he doesn't look great. Like, I mean, he's, um, he's in his sixties, so I guess he looks okay, but he, um, you know, this guy was the most beautiful human being on the planet. So it'd be nearly impossible to, I mean, obviously you could write it away. You could you could write it in that he's seen some hard times and maybe they should have done that. Now I'm starting to agree with you, but where the fuck's Val Kilmer? Maybe he is in there. We don't know. And also what about slider slider had a deal slider had some issues. He was really, really into shirtless ball volleyball. And I would like to see slider in top gun part two. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before. About ice man. Um, I know he's not busy. He can't be doing shit right now. So you call his Lord ass up, tell him to come in the little guest five one day, you know, scale pay. I'm sure he's down for it. Anyway, I wanted to uh, listen to the whole show before calling. Cause I really am interested in hearing about our boy Telly and his, uh, band from the Twitterverse. But I just need to call in before that. So I'm going to hang up so I can listen to the rest of the show and, hear about telly okay thanks for that lsu yes if you haven't listened to 279 go back and do that immediately i review the new top gun trailer live on the air and i also interviewed the twitter pariah banned from twitter there are white supremacists at this moment espousing hate openly on twitter and our guy telly tuput got fired from that website for jokingly threatening the life of a bookmaker. Insane. Spoiler alert. That's what happened. Go check it out. Episode 279. Okay, that's it. Like I said, if Ed Daly gets me some uh, recording of what he's up to in Italy between now and me posting this to the internet, I will include it here. But if not, here is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast review featuring myself, Ed Daly, and special guest, Fancy Sauce, 
reviewing the 1986 classic St. Elmo's Fire. We'll catch you next week. My name is Brian. They call me the other guy. I host a podcast show. I'll give hetero life a try. If you see something on my hand that makes you think I'm not a man, it's just my cool rings, you see. They're as sparkly as can be. I might own Troy on DVD. Thank you for joining the show. Special edition it's a movie edition of the baller lifestyle podcast you better believe it we are here we you know you guys love it when we do this we haven't we don't do enough of them it's kind of a lot of work but this week we are reviewing the 1985 classic if the if the theme song doesn't bring you back you're a fucking lost cause we are talking about St. Elmo's Fire, of course. Uh, I am joined now, as I am each and every week, by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Uh, excited about this one. This is one I've probably been floating to Brian for two years or so because yeah. I felt like, and I hadn't seen it in years, but I felt like this had the perfect mix of you want a movie to be bad, but in the right way, not like a like. Remember Howard the Duck? We were kind of bored bad. by. Yeah, like Howard this. the Duck is the worst movie that was ever made, and whoever suggested it, it to us is a bad person because it's right. I blame Jay Stu. Um, yeah, it it was. Uh, this is like it's unintentionally perfect. funny. It's like Howard the Duck was trying to be ridiculous. Yeah, this is ridiculous in that it's trying to be serious and it's got everybody in it. It's very of a time. Uh, we are joined also, and this is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, doesn't like these. Yeah. It's a surprise guest and it's, but it's a regular contributor. We are joined for a movie review by our very own pop culture correspondent and otherwise pundit Kate McManus. Kate, how are you? Welcome. Hey guys. Hey Kate. Thanks for having me. I don't usually do these because you pick movies that I don't want to talk about. I can't remember. I think the last one you did with Karate us, Kid? No, Soul Man. Yeah, maybe. Soul that was Man. like three or four years ago. Well, I also did Karate Kid, but I can't remember which ca- one. You did Karate Kid? Which one came first? Well, yeah, we had a lot. Of, we had, tr- did we have Travis, Jason, and Kate? We did we really? So. With this one? Yeah. We did a five-man pod? I thought Jay Stu was coming on tonight. No, no Jay Stu. I like this movie. Well, this will be similar to some of Jay Stu's movie reviews because you won't hear him for like an hour at a time. Right. Just, and then and then he'll try to <laughs> he'll have one saved up. So if you could get like a voicemail of him just adding a zinger. Also, that if would you be don't kind laugh of, at yeah. Jay Stu's yeah. zingers. He gets real bummed. He keeps coming bummer. back to I don't get anything for that. I don't get anything for that. And you keep saying it over and over again. Well, I love this movie. I grew up at this. Very, this movie's made me very nostalgic I, for my feel like high school i may years. have discovered my penis to this movie oh come on i i, I may have yeah uh, I, as well i, I feel like i saw this in a hotel 
This was the first time I saw it. Like, I remember really wanting to bang Cindy Mancini from Can't Buy Me Love. Yes. And I was like obsessed with her and I want to know if she was in other things. And you know, there's no IMDb back then. Um, but I de- but that was after I really remember like watching this movie. My grandparents had something called on TV, which was like HBO, but it was just one channel and you would flip right. a switch on top of your TV and then just whatever movie was on would be on. It was just movies constantly. And this movie was on, I was spending the night there, I was being ba- babysat and I was in their den, sleep, like, sleeping on the couch in their den. And I, w- I watched this movie and I saw Demi Moore. It was over. Oh, man. It was over. That's when I knew. That's and, when I chose not to be and gay. It's a, it's a great point about pre-IMDB days yeah. because for the longest time, I had a similar feeling to Sloan Peterson from oh, yes. Ferris Bueller. Mia Sarah. And so for the longest time, I would be like, hey, when are we going to find her again? Or Cindy Mancini, Sloan Peterson did get a little naked in a, a Van Damme movie. And then you never saw her never again. Never saw her again. She disappeared. Um, that was it. Well, Cindy Mancini, yeah. we next heard of her when she died of meth, uh, right? R.I.P. Like, like, that was it. She died you know, like two and, years and, ago. And to me more, you had this yeah. and then One Crazy Summer. And then like you didn't see her for a little while. A long time. And then she, like, was, then she was the man, biggest movie star like in the that. world. Then she, then she became massive. Yeah, massive, massive. And still banging. She's probably like 54. Yeah. And she looks great. She looks fantastic. Um, okay, if you haven't seen... Well, welcome, Kate. I feel the same way. I feel like you, I discovered yes. Rob Lowe. Did you, I was going to say, did you, this get, movie. Did, you start, did you have a tingle the first time you saw yeah, this as a young girl? Was a pretty I don't dream. I, little, I don't think it works like that a little, so much. Was this girl. before Sparkle. or after he fucked the, the high school kid? I believe this was before. Yeah. Before he, this was. Before he dipped into like the 16 year right, old. That was at the Democratic National Convention, as I recall. What? Mm. I don't yeah. remember what happened. Yeah, he banged. Well, this, was a, this was a time period of Gary Hart. There was a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, he banged a 16 year old on tape. Oh, he, that's right. he, he set up the Betamax <laughs> in his hotel room. Oh, Robbie. And he slammed a 16-year-old. Anyway, I didn't know she was, was 16. And then he followed that up by dancing with Cinderella at the Oscars. It was it was bad for him for yeah, years yeah, after. It was tough. But he's still so beautiful. He was so beautiful in this movie. I mean, he is like, he deserves every bit of adulation he gets for his beauty because the guy is just amazing looking. Okay, if you're I, not, yes. Yep. This came after Outsiders, so I was right. oh, aware right. of him, yep. but I think it became full-blown awareness in this movie. It was weird how, He's a man in this one. how there were like six or seven actors of this age at the time that would sort of intermingle, come in and out of movies together, whether it was Estevez or Rob Lowe or Judd Nelson. They were all just... Kind of, even McCarthy, they were all just kind of around the Brat Pack. Um, St. Elmo's Fire came out in 1985. Mm. It's a coming-of-age film at Daly's favorite genre. <laughs> it's the Brat Pack and Mayor Winningham. Right. Yeah, right. It's my favorite genre as well. Directed and, I believe, written by Hollywood, I don't want to say legend, but he's definitely mm-hmm. worked a lot. Infamous? Yeah. Joel Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did this. I read this because my buddy, te- I, I texted a buddy that often has has a, uh, a funny take on this movie. So I said, hey, I'm recording about this. Any any thoughts? And he said, uh, I looked up the IMDb. The movie he did before this 
was DC Cab. Oh, so while Mr. he was T. doing the Mr. T DC movie, yeah. he was living in Georgetown, and then he wrote this. Amazing. Also directed The Lost Boys, Flatliners. Batman and Robin, the, the worst right, of Right, yeah. Did John Grisham's The Client, A Time to Kill. Fall, oh, he did Falling Down. Fantastic movie, Falling Down. Oh, I do love Falling Down. And the and the uh, the Nicolas Cage vehicle, 8mm, about snuff films. <laughs> that didn't need to be made. No. That movie didn't need to be made. Oh, no, it definitely did. Of course, he did. He did. A, he did all the worst Batman's: Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. That's the one with Chris. He's on one of the CSIs now. Chris. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, I know he was my 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 aunt was friends with him at BC. Yeah, he was. Uh, Chris something. He did that one. Oh, he was in Sen of the Woman. Sen of, of a Woman. Woman. Chris. He's a famous dude. Anyway. Ooh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so this. Um, Oh, also did Phone Booth. I believe that was the one with uh, Colin Farrell, right? Where Colin Farrell was really fucking drunk for like the whole filming. Um, Tigerland, that was a, that was Colin Farrell also. That was like the first time we ever good. really saw. Yeah, he, he sort of discovered Colin Farrell. Yeah. So he, Schumacher, I mean, not, maybe not the height, but he's kind of like Nick Cage in that there's something good in him. Yeah, oh yeah. But it's mostly terrible. Right. Right. He's not going to win any awards, but the, the shit he makes, you will buy a bucket of popcorn to go watch. I mean, who doesn't fucking love the Lost Boys? Um, what else? Uh, the movie stars, and this is really, if you're of a certain age, I don't want to date anybody here, but this is just a fucking murderer's row and also Mayor Winningham of actors. <laughs> The movie starred Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Demi Moore, Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy, and the aforementioned Mayor Winningham. It centers on a clique of recent grads of Washington, D.C.'s Georgetown University. Now, Georgetown, that's a pretty highfalutin school. You got you got to have connections to get in. Yeah, it's you're you're balling out if you go to Georgetown. These are seven white privileged horny. That's how we did it back college then. grads. Yep. Um, it, yeah, who who are really going through struggles. Yeah, yeah making yes. a, making a lot of yeah. bad decisions. Yeah, yeah. they're all Man, bad. People. I would not want to be a screen, at a screening TV. here in a uh, in a let's say heavily democratic uh, movie theater. I, no, I, I no. feel like the struggles tough. of these people would be would be tough. It would be tough. It's hard to identify with. Um, it deals with their uh, adjustment to post-university life and the responsibilities of adulthood. The film is a prominent movie of the, quote, brat pack genre. And so not surprisingly, was reviled by critics when it came out, but was a moderate financial success, grossing... $37.8 million. It's a tidy sum in the eighties on a budget of $10 million. So, and that was probably mostly, um, moose. That was mostly Demi's mm-hmm. Demi and Rob Lowe's. A lot of moose. Rob Lowe's had a lot of moose. So much on. moose. Um, and it, maybe, uh, the gold lame ties from Rob Lowe's oof, too. Tough. Although he, that one shirt that he, that's just his one special party tie. Shirt. The sexiest man alive yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, that that one shirt, like that's a shirt I would wear today. If I could find that on eBay, if anybody finds it me is, that shirt on eBay, unfortunately, 
He's not kidding. I'm a large. I definitely <laughs> would rock that shirt. Unless if, it, if it's an 80s large, then I'm probably an extra large. Just FYI. I forgot for how big, big 80s hair was until I saw Demi's hair in this movie. Demi had her shit crimped. And you know, it was weird. There, there was the big hair, but also. It was like the straight Allie flat bangs Sheedy, with the big who was, um, comb yeah. back. Oh, yeah. Ali Sheedy was beautiful. So beautiful. Her hair. What was going on with that fucking hair? Well, her, I mean, there was a little bigness, but it was more like she was a 25-year-old beautiful woman who's got the like the mom hair. No, I think was a back then it was, it, it was was a bad haircut. Was, it, was, it, was a, it was a thing back then. She's so pretty. Hold on. I got to adjust the mic cord. Yeah, she's make noise. really good. Oh, no, um, she's so pretty. And there was not really any reason to frump her up. The way they did, I, maybe it was a, a wardrobe budget thing and she and Mayor Winningham were the same size, but they both <laughs> wear like Holly Hobby. And doilies and shit. Yeah, they look what? like they look like they're um, they've just come off the uh, Mormon. Um, yeah, that's how privileged preppy white girls oh, dress. dressed in the 80s. They, uh-huh. they look they're very terrible. Like, they have terrible. Like, they ha- they wear a dicky under their shirt. They have a, um, they wear like those long sleeves with um with mm-hmm. like late or uh yeah, yeah like doily but, around. Yeah, but as so bad, bad as yeah. that was yeah. they all loved yayo and having sex whereas in the 90s they love flannel and not having that's sex true. that's 100 percent. Yeah, aids aids really ruined the 90s for us mm-hmm. um, so, so I, I would still trade this college era well grunge oh, sure. grunge was a real bummer yeah it was it was a bummer uh so the movie starts out there's been a car accident but at first, the first scene, yeah. it established they're walking, they're wearing their caps and gowns, yep. walking out of a building at Georgetown University. But there was a lot of grass in that scene. And you know what's not in Georgetown? Oh. Grass. Oh, oh, what? This is University of Maryland. What? Oh my I God. Live, Stand I it. In a building like next door to where they were walking out. This is, that's fraternity row. So I don't know why they were all walking out of the same fraternity house. Yes. But. That is uh, that is Maryland. It's, all the college scenes when he goes back and plays football, they're all Maryland. There's no Georgetown there. Gorgeous campus, not not like the commuter school I attended, Long Beach State. Um, so, so there's been a car accident. Yeah, there's a montage where they're all you see. They all have their caps and gowns on, and they're really it's really um, a, like a, a a proper trope. Like it's the thing you've seen in seventy five right. movies where they're like. And then for the next right, the next hour and a half is not a ringing endorsement of the Georgetown education and where that degree will <laughs> I agree with that. No, Nobody's really going anywhere as far as we can tell, except for anywhere. Alec. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's been a car accident there. Um, they come to the emergency room to check on their friends, Mayor Winningham and Rob Lowe have been in an accident. First thing I notice is that Andrew McCarthy is smoking throughout the movie, <laughs> including in the middle of the fucking emergency room the entire time. He walks into the hospital with a cigarette. He's smoking a cigarette. No one says, hey, what's up with that yeah, cigarette? Yeah, because back, it was no big deal. Yeah, it was no big deal. He smokes in the emergency room. Think about that. Yes. You could smoke in a hospital. Yeah, that's great. You could smoke good in an days. airplane. In good old days. That's crazy. That's and, and Emilio Estevez is wearing suspenders and nobody's talking about it. He, he wears suspenders. It was kind of the Geraldo look or the Wall Street look. That mm. was a style yeah, back then. It was. You, if you weren't, if you didn't come up in that time and you watched this movie, you'd be like, what the fuck? But uh, Alec 
Judd Nelson, he rocks um, suspenders, braces, as my grandfather would call them, also during the movie. Um, something that also... And then there's me- an enormous, fat, naked guy yeah. walking yeah, through the walks background. Through, walks through that... Uh, um, Judd Nelson was pretty hot too. Yeah, he had that big nose. This is what he with looks like now. With those extra large nostrils. Yeah. Oh, he's gorgeous. Well, he's in his late fifties. He's got a real Mark Maron vibe. Yeah. Um, so Rob Lowe's been. It's we're it's understood that uh, Rob Lowe has totaled Mayor Winningham's car um, while driving drunk. And again, back in the eighties, drunk driving. Not a super big deal. No, not really. <laughs> Just not. <laughs> it, like, it made it seem like this is not his first arrest. No, he's he's also smoking in the back of an ambulance. Uh, I believe they, they let you have the the saxophone in the ambulance. Is that a usual move? Yeah, he, I was going to say he's, he's playing got the a Flintstones sax. when you yeah, see him. Yeah, he's playing Flintstones on his sax. I believe when the cop comes up to arrest him for the drunk driving, he utters the. Now, iconic phrase, and I would like this on a T-shirt. Do you believe in premarital sex? Oh, bad boy. Um, yeah. I'm going to Google that, but I'm pretty sure there's a T-shirt out Need there it. that says that. I bet my man Kenny G's got one. Um, and then we run into... But just quickly, yeah. the sex. Yeah. Um, I think it's safe to say that if there was, if we were in a friend group and somebody played the yeah. sax yep. and brought the sacks everywhere, nope. they would get kicked out of the friend group. Well, here's the thing. After Clarence Clemens, there has not been anybody who played the sax who isn't a homeless man. Oh, Kenny G. Well, that's not a saxophone. I told you it's a clarinet. It is. I Have mean, you ever seen a saxophone that looks like that? I know. It's a fucking clarinet. It's, it's I know strange. they say it's a, a <laughs> brand of saxophone. That's a fucking clarinet. I know. It doesn't have the hook in it. A sax has a hook. A his, sax has a is hook. just straight. You can't Don't have a straight sax. sax Kenny, yeah. It's a clarinet. Um, yeah, it's weird. It, it's a weird detail to write into the movie that the sort of heartthrob of the movie is this big time or this budding sax player. Like, wouldn't you make him a guitar player or a singer? Exactly. And he had to learn saxophone to play the role. I'm trying to think. He, yeah. just, he had just finished Youngblood. I'm trying to think yeah. of. Through, oh, where he learned to ride a bike. Through the prism of when we watched it, it didn't seem weird. Yeah, because it, it was the eighties. Because it was the eighties. But yeah. wouldn't it have been cooler for his his character to say, "I don't know how to play the saxophone"? Yeah, definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Because at one point, and we'll get to this, he's playing a gig and he's doing like a fourteen minute sax solo, and everybody <laughs> is way into it, and everybody would be going and getting a beer at that point. Nobody wants to watch somebody you, fucking sax out for can, that long. Can you imagine being in a bar and there's just some guy gyrating playing the sax so like, minutes I'll sweat in a row? I'll sweat it. Yeah. We need to leave this bar. Uh, yeah, we need I'm to leave right. the bar. Yeah, this is awful. Let's get it so loud. Let's get out of here. Um, we run into, in the ER, uh, so Mayor Winningham, she's got a bandage on her head. She announces that Rob Lowe's totaled her car, but you could tell she's not really that mad. She's kind of a doormat. Um, we run into unsung eighties, babe, model turned actress, Andy McDowell. What a fucking honey. She is one you forget about. Ed Daly, your thoughts, Andy McDowell. How was she looking? Big fan. She she was, she was great here. I mean, 
she's kind of legendary from Groundhog Day or Four Weddings and a Funeral. She she got famous like ten years later. Yep. But I read about this because I was like, you know, is this her big break? She was banging she, Joel Schumacher. She I don't know about that. No, I'm but she, no, she was she was uh, this was her second role, but she was in Greystoke. Oh, the Legend of Tarzan. Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. But also she was a model. She was a model until that movie, yeah. and then she had a thick North Carolina accent. Yeah, she's got that southern so accent. She was, so she was dubbed in that movie by Glenn Close, who could do a better accent of what they were trying to do. And then everybody trashed her, saying she was a terrible actress because oh, her voice sounded all weird. That was a British and movie, she, Greystoke. Yeah, and so she couldn't do it because she was just a model. And so Schumacher believed in her to put her in this movie and she could have her accent. And this like kickstarted her career. Oh, that sounds like a, um, well, that's an interesting tidbit. Somebody has been going deep on the IMDb. <laughs> um, that sounds I stopped like, after that. I, I knew that DC cab and this, and then I gave up. That sounds like a, uh, a casting couch situation. Like a, it does. It does. Well, you hey, know, your like, model. Yeah. Do you want to be taken seriously? She, she was so hot, but she had that frizzy hair. And I feel like these days they would give her a Brazilian blowout or like iron her hair down. It was so frizzy. It was a little jarring, but really what a beautiful woman. This Annie McDowell is. She aged well too. Oh yeah. She looks great. And this, um, Emilio, we'll get more into it later, but this Emilio Estevez is immediately smitten. He realizes, Hey, he's just staring at her too. Yeah. At it's first, so, he just stares at her like the bone collector. Yeah. Like he's, He's trying to steal her soul. It's so awkward. And he's like, hey, remember me? And this is something that doesn't happen in college, but only in the movies where he's like, hey, remember me? You were a senior when I was a freshman. And it's it's not high school. Like, you know, you wouldn't be in the same classes. You wouldn't you don't know each other. Yeah, but They had gone on a date. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, one date. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they had gone on one date. It, yeah, it was uh, unremarkable. And I'm confused. Is Kirby in medical school? No, he's or so he decides to go. That's ambiguous. He's he's in law school, or he's about to be in law school. Mm. Um, he's talking about it, but he's yeah. wearing suspenders, serving yeah. pizza. Yeah, exactly. So they go. They head over to St. Elmo's Bar, which is what you do. And by the way, they, yeah, I know. Like they have lots of exterior shots in uh, Georgetown. But if you look at that scene, it looks like the fakest movie set on Earth. That's where what it Brian says and I were no, saying. Yeah, Kate and I said the same it thing. It looks like it, the Back to the Future uh, yeah. street yeah. where, yeah. where Doc Brown has shoot on, They don't shoot yeah. on sets like, like they, that anymore. You could tell they'd like wet the ground with the hose. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. yeah they always do that. They hose so off fake. the ground yeah. so that the ground is glistening. It, it looks like the fakest street in the world. It looks so fake. And, and to the point where like every all the storefronts, like have no signs or the signs are dark and it's just lit up like St. Elmo's bar. Um, and so they're heading to the bar immediately after their friend had got or gotten arrested for almost killing their other friend. And then they head into the bar and the yeah, buddy's get- he's already out. He's yeah. already been released from jail to drink some more. Cause yeah. that's what you do after someone they're gets in a bar. car accident and has a DUI. And he almost kills your friend. Let's go to the bar. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. how about, Emilio's boss, at first you're thinking he's like a Mr. Krabs type because he's yelling, but then you find out that Emilio didn't even tell his boss he was leaving on like Friday night. Yeah, he's he's got, like, hey, hey, you didn't even tell me you were leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got all his tables. He's still in uniform. He's got his apron on and he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm back. I'm back. I just left for a few hours to get my, to get my friend. Also, do you need all your friends to show up for your DUI? Like, it's just like, 
nobody's injured, you know, like you don't need the entire crew. Just one person go round them up. Uh, Mayor Winningham and Ali Sheedy are both dressed like 1850s teachers. And that continues throughout the whole movie for some reason. But what we really learn early is that um, Rob Lowe is a huge loser. Like, yes, he's just, he is. he's just he graduated. Doesn't he, order a, doesn't he order a screwdriver at oh, like 11 at night? <laughs> I did. What? I, yeah, I think so. I did see Orange a lot of juice? people drinking flat beer. Nobody drinks a screwdriver. So much sugar. It's a, the most sugary cocktail. I think that was a real eighties like yeah. screwdriver. Yeah, no. I have a screwdriver at eleven at night. No, it's crazy. It's a, yeah, no, it's, that's insane. Um, Rob, Rob Lowe, we yeah, learn right. he's despite having just graduated. From the are they supposed to be twenty five? No, wow, they just they, they really? just graduated, so they'd be like twenty two. Twenty two. That <laughs> Rob Lowe is he's just graduated from a very prestigious American university, an institution, but he can't keep a job. He's already lost a bunch of jobs. He's knocked up some broad. He's playing sax. He's getting DUIs. Like his life is a mess, and then. Uh, Judd Nelson finds out that Alex lost a, a job that he's gotten him. Judd Nelson, we learn, is like he's working. He's uh, working for a Democratic congressman. Yeah, he's a, well, no, he's switch. He's just no, switched, he's switched to work for a switch, okay, to make college. more money. Yeah, because in in college he led like the fucking the college Dems or something, and now he's working for a Republican because it pays more. Yeah. Uh, he finds, he's, wearing, he's wearing the blue shirt with the white collar. So that's oh, yeah. that's the that's first red flag yeah. that he switched teams to pay to, to get more money. The, the uh, also known as the Rick Orville Wright look from the greatest television show in the history of TV. Oh yeah. Magnum P. So yeah. So Judd Nelson finds out that Rob Lowe has lost the job. He's gotten him. And he immediately assaults him in a way that he should, the police should have been involved. He grabs him yeah. by his beautiful hair and smashes his face into the toilet and gives him a swirly. Yeah, like a, like a public toilet. Yes. And, and, and then his friends are laughing. And then laughs about it. Alec yes. has serious anger He's management got anger issues. issues. Yeah. But you know, you, you know, if that's in a bar, there's some spray Disgusting. in that toilet. Like that's not that he could get Disgusting. a disease. And uh, then he laughed it off, like no big yeah. deal. Then they ran- and then they do. They, yes. they then do they the, do that. Let's the talk about awful. That. What is that? Chill, yeah, trading places imitation. Yeah, they the booga 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 ah 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 that whole thing. They all is they, that from that's, trading that's places? Their, like go to move. It's really so douche They jelly. all break into song. I in got douche chills really intensely I've when they did that. In my life, I've been in plenty of bars, and I've <laughs> never seen an entire bar. And it's all people that don't. It's this group, but then it's it's uh, interlopers throughout the bar all start singing along to the same song. And what are they so fucking happy about? This 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 Rob Lowe's just almost killed their friend it's it's really weird um and also you know we've talked about it a little bit but is there any scenario in which they'd be hanging out with mayor winningham it's really weird it's it's weird what is the friendship based on because there's there's a very disparate group of friends here and mayor winningham just doesn't fit um yeah totally agree um 
so then we go next scene. We're at Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy's apartment. They have a massive loft. He's doing very well. What's his painting outfit? Oh, hold on. Hold on. I know his outfit later. I don't recall. They're, they're painting. Yeah, they're, they're painting. painting, like setting up the new home. Yep. He's wearing a dress shirt with short shorts. That's right. <laughs> with the white collar and yes. the French cuffs. He's yes. painting in fucking French cuffs. Yes. His, well, his whole. And he painted a random Nike logo on the wall. That was kind of so weird. So he like wants to create a footlocker in his home. Yeah, because they had a whole like mural on the wall later. There are a lot of murals in this movie. Yeah. Um, so Judd Nelson, he's, he's Randy. He wants to fuck. He's like, hey, we need to fuck. But also. It's a raw dog, right? Also, yeah, he wants to raw dog it. And also, he's throughout the movie, he is cannot stop talking about how much he wants to get married. It's not the it's not the woman. That's, that's very weird. She's pushing that like narrative. He's a, he's a date rapist. A right? He's yes. a date yes, rapist who yeah. wants to be locked down. Yeah, he wants he wants to get married so bad. And he's like, hey, let me put it in. Let me let me slam you. Let me let me give you the high hard one. And then she's like, hold on, I have to go put in my diaphragm. And I feel like this is one of those '80s things, kind of like Spanish Fly. Or I don't know. There's lots of examples of things that only quicksand. Only yeah, quicksand. There you go. That only existed in movies in your lifetime. Kate McManus. Have you ever heard of anybody using a diaphragm for contraception? A thing that you place inside your body only when you're about to have sex to cover your cervix to prevent sperm from reaching. Your uterus is that is that is that your preferred form of contraception, Kate? Negative. Have you ever known anyone also to have negative. one? Ever, never. <laughs> but in every movie, but there was maybe, always a diaphragm scene. That, Where's my diaphragm? This, this movie came out before I was right. Um, sexually, sexually active. active. Yes. Um, still, I don't. So I just don't. Maybe it was a thing. It wasn't a I thing. Don't I don't. I just don't believe it was a it thing. But been. it was always a thing in movies, and movies are always written by men. That's, that's uh, now, true. The next, the next scene. Oh yes, I, and this movie is crazy. full of douche chills. It's but crazy. the next scene is the number one. It's crazy. Andrew McCarthy, you peek into his life. Oh yeah. Well, hold on. Before, before that happens, okay. Demi comes over and like. The, he, here's the thing about these people: is they live. Um, they they're 22 or maybe they're 24. Maybe it took them a while to get through college. Maybe they took I mean, a they gap year. There has been, Rob Lowe has been fired from 20 jobs. So I would think it's at least a year after graduation. Maybe a year. But they're, but they live like they're 41. Like they're tasting the Pinot and they're making, they're, right. they're right. making stir fries and they have walks and they're, it's weird. Everyone was so much older in the eighties. And we've taught, we talk about that a lot on the show. So weird. It's, but it would like be normal to just like be They're acting like my parents. Yes. It, it's, it, it's weird. But De- Demi Moore comes over and she's like visiting with Ali Sheedy and, and Judd Nelson. And she's like, let's have a drink. And she was my absolute icon. She's such in this a babe. Movie. She's, she's such a babe. The perfect she's party girl. She's so, so charming. So, she's so funny. Hot. And she's got, and the, and the mess, voice, but pe- pe- we're used to her voice now, but yeah. back then her, that scratchy voice mm-hmm. was like, so yeah, was awesome. such a signature for her, but she sets down 
two highball glasses on the bar and she reaches over for a warm bottle right. of absolute yeah, vodka. Like we're in depression era and she Russia. pours herself <laughs> and Ali Sheedy about warm three to four also fingers worth of absolute of the shittest vodka. Raw dog warm. Yeah. She might as well be drinking uh, uh paint thinner. Also are we in fucking Minsk? Has anybody has anybody ever sipped straight vodka without making yes. a bit of a face is, when you swallow? Yes. Is there an ice shortage? What is happening that this is considered a fucking cocktail? I have a lot of questions for Joel Schumacher. Straight, not a fucking, not a, a Look, cube of Joel ice. Joel Schumacher is on Twitter. Let's start at he's, adding him. He's 75 years well, old, but yeah. It's not a lime. Hey, can I get a lime for this? What, what, what world are they existing in? And then I can't remember exactly what happens, but Ali Sheedy has to bail. And Jules, Demi Moore, she takes Ali Sheedy's leftover two fingers of vodka and pours it on top of her four fingers of vodka. So she <laughs> essentially has a water glass filled with maybe 11 ounces of vodka that she's just going to drink. Yeah, that's how Jules rolls. Oh, and I'm, I made a note here. I guess when she shows up, everybody gives each other big mouth kisses. Oh, yeah. Like Alex yeah. kisses Jules on yeah. the mouth. She they, everybody's kissing on the mouth. That was, which is, that was an eighties thing. That was an eighties thing. I want to sure. bring that back. Um, then no, I I still <laughs> struggle with the hugs with everyone. Oh no, too I many kiss. Hugs. I kiss. Like if I meet somebody and, and too much, they Ed, introduce me to much. the wife. I just want to say hi. Brian, I give the wife a big When you and Brian kiss. finally meet, yeah. mouth kiss. For yeah, sure. I know for sure, hundred percent. I would I would absolutely kiss Brian on the mouth yeah. if I saw him. It would it'd be worth it. Um, just I for the story. On the mouth, but I don't like interacting with people. Yeah, no, I, I get that too. I'm just like sort of the same way. Um, so then we go to, we go to Andrew McCarthy's place. The Chelsea. And he the lives, worst. he and Emilio Estevez are roommates. And they, again, like their place is kind of made up to look like a shithole, but also it's like, how are they affording this? Like he didn't want It's a massive a, place with trash in it. Yeah. It's well, not, it's not a shit. It's like a nice brick building, you know, like it would be very expensive to rent. I imagine even in the eighties, this is every movie though. Yeah. I, every true. movie and TV show. I'm like, it's, how do these people afford the place? They cruise into their apartment and, um, Andrew McCarthy shockingly is smoking. If he's in 19 scenes in this movie, he has a cigarette in 17 of them. Yeah. He's, he's got a half done heater no matter where he is. Yeah. But he's doing another thing that's done a lot in this decade. He's he's doing uh, sing-along or lip-syncing to Aretha, oh, right. he's uh, playing, Aretha's Respect. He's playing bongos and singing along to Aretha Franklin by himself. And, he's home alone. And then you're looking around the room as he's doing it. He's got a Mickey Mouse phone on his nightstand. Okay. Oh, I didn't see Okay, that. stop. I didn't see okay, that. stop. Nobody likes Mickey. Mickey Mouse is terrible. <laughs> it's one thing. I mean, look, I wouldn't say it's good if he had a Bugs Bunny, but at least Bugs Bunny was funny. Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Come what the fuck that? on. What He's terrible. What I'm trying that? to interrupt. Yeah. Can we all agree that Kevin is the worst character? Yeah. I was th- at the uh, end. Kurt, hold, mean, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Save it, save it. Because I want to rank. Uh, when we get to the okay. end, we're going to do a bottom three. Okay. Have your bottom three ready. 
Uh, yeah. Instead of fuck, marry, kill, just who would you, who, which of the three you'd kill? It's kill, it's kill, so, kill, kill. It's so easy. Yeah, kill, kill, kill. Uh, and then Rob Lowe shows up to crash and they, they don't, they're not really telling you that Rob Lowe is also a married man <laughs> with a child at this point. I think they told you about the kid already. Well, he's 22. Yeah, they don't really yeah. like, that's not really explained very well. Uh, yeah. So then, um, so Rob Lowe shows up, Hey man, can I crash? And they're like, yeah, buddy, just come in and crash. And, uh, so he's there. And then Andrew McCarthy starts with this thing and it, and it continues throughout the movie where he's like, love is an illusion, man. It's like, what's the point? Like, it's not, there's no such thing as real love. And it's like this whole it's a construct. Yeah. Yes. Uh. It's so stupid. And he, you could, he, he set up, to look like this guy that's really like broken, but you know, deep down he he yearns. You know who he is? He's a guy that says shit because he wants you to ask him a question. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like he says stuff and he, he, he wants you to ask him to, you know, flesh out that idea, but nobody does. Yeah. Uh, then the next scene we're on the street and everybody's like, they're like shopping or something. They're all hanging out, like going, doing shopping. Yeah, it's very Georgetown. Yeah. And, and Judd Nelson is chatting up the dude from Arliss, the guy with the glasses. Kirby? Kirby. And he looks the same age in 1984 as he does right now. And he does like a, a, a Aflac commercial or something right now, where he's walking a dog with his big glasses on. He looks like 49 years old then and now. It's crazy. Uh, but he's only in there for a second. Um, and then Jules cruises up on her on her Jeep. Wrangler action. The entire crew jumps in her Jeep. There's eight people in the Jeep. There's people sitting like... Where a the Jeep, Jeep. Jeep is a max of five. An it's uncomfortable five, Uncomfortable right? five. It's the top two off. people are standing up in the back There's while they're driving. people standing up in the back while they're... You don't have to do that. that. illegal It's totally in illegal. The 80s. It's crazy. What's, but um, they're so Ali, crazy and just... You Ali know, Sheedy would be sitting where the gear shifter care. was. She wouldn't even be able to they're get crazy into second. Grads. Crazy. <laughs> um, then we get a shot of Jules' apartment. It's painted hot pink throughout... With a massive, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the decor is fire. Hard to explain how just n- not odd this seemed. She has a wall sized mural of Billy Idol's face on the wall. <laughs> so tight, but, and but, I but want there's that. there's a little there's a little bit of it that's lit up, right? There's a little yeah, neon to yeah, it. Yeah, like right around his forehead, there's a neon. Yeah, like, bangs yeah, and installed. Earring. This Billy Idol. I want that. You forget. Where can I fit it? Billy Idol in the 1980s was such a fucking icon. Massive, massive star. Everybody loved him. It was a huge I'm not going to lie. I heard in the store, it was like a weird store because I was wondering what kind of station would play it. I heard White Wedding like Jam. maybe a month ago. Damn. Pretty, pretty good jam. Jam. He still tours. He's the man, Billy Idol. Um, then, so then we we get we get sort of how Jules is living. Like you're like, oh, she's doing pretty well. But they make it. But she she's she alluded to this during the vodka scene 
And this is something that doesn't get explained. And I feel like they might've shot a rough draft here because if more people had gotten involved in the script, this would have needed to be fleshed out a little more. The sort of through line, the C story of this movie is that Jules's stepmother is dying. Mm-hmm. Her stepmom. It comes up a lot, right? Yeah. Her dad is off. Her dad hates her. He's yeah. off traveling with his girlfriend. Yeah. And the step monster is on her deathbed and has made Jules her next of kin. For some reason, Jules is required to pay for the funeral of her stepmother. Because she's next of kin. That's never, is that even legal? Can somebody die? I think she just feels, because she said, you're my next of kin, Jules feels burdened by, like, it's her obligation. Yeah, just put her. I'm just saying, if this is the situation were on me, Yep, not and my I suddenly was was on the hook to pay for it. I, it's it's going to be an Amadeus masquerade. She doesn't have yeah, any parents. Sure, this sure. is the closest yeah. thing she has to a parent. But she calls her her step monster, and yeah, this gave birth to every girl I knew in high school whose parents were divorced, also calling their stepmother their step monster. Yes, I I, I recall. Isn't this the, isn't this the scene when Jules? So people think Kevin. Uh, Andrew McCarthy's gay. She tries to set him up with David Silver's dad from 90210. Yes, from uh, from the dude from Duet, the <laughs> Fox, yeah. the Fox sitcom that made an early exit from our 1990 <laughs> sitcom tournament. Yeah, that was the first round exit. I and think. the tree, and he's got like a full daiquiri with an umbrella. Yes, in it. just like because they didn't know how to subtly show he was gay, so they fucking ham handed it. Well, Jules is like Kevin. You've never tried to fuck me. Again, this was a, this is the 80s lingo where she's like, you've never made a pass at me. No one talks like that. Nobody makes passes. Oh, you've never made a pass at also, me. Also, you don't say that to one of your well, really good friends. Football? Yeah, she's, she's, she's like. Like in your friend group, are you all trying to bang each other in your, in your buddy group? So, yes, exactly. Well, I mean, Jules is pretty hot. So she's like, how come you've never tried to fuck me? And. Which is an honest question because mm-hmm. she's so banging like anybody, any real man would have tried to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, look, he's like, I'm not going to make out. You know, I'm not. And she's like, I want you to meet my decorator, Ron. And this just kind of shows how far we've come. Because Kevin bounces as Ron comes out of his apartment. Ron is daiquiri. He's drinking a massive daiquiri with mm, high waisted pants, tucked in shirt, belted. I, I think he might have a yellow um, leather tie on Maybe at it this was point. Like bright green he might have had it on later. Later on, later on, he's he acts so gay but in this movie. That red cocktail with the umbrella. I think it. Ha- I mean, yeah. like, yes. Here's a yeah, fruity guy holding a fruity cocktail. He's really gay. He's really thing. gay. And I believe his only line comes later in the movie when there's a when there's a fight at St. Elmo's Bar where he says, I just had my nose done. Like it was it, like it was it was what re- really is of a time when you, Calm you know, down, buddy. you just it's very you people talk about the that uh, the, the plight of gay people in this country. And it's very normal to be gay. Everybody knows a gay person. Now go back just barely 25 years to what was happening or 30 years to what was happening in the eighties. And it's, it's a, a drastic change. I'll just say that. Um, and and yeah. Mel Silver was a horrendous actor. in 90210. He was the worst. He was worse than Tori Spelling. 
Oh, really? So that's impossible. So to put him as the no, he would be like, uh, Kelly. You know, I have strong feelings for your mother, but things have gone awry. Like he would talk like that. He was the worst. So to have him playing the gay guy in this thing, of course it was going to be ham-handed and terrible. Of course, Mel Silver. Um, and so then they're back. Oh, uh, Andy McDowell. Oh, so they um, Kirby. This is when Kirby's casing the joint, right? Yeah, Kirby goes to a restaurant. It's like a French restaurant. He's like, I want this table right here. I have a, I have a. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, I have a reservation for tonight. Um, Kate McManus does this where she'll go to a restaurant like before if she, if there's like a, if there's like, she wants a special dinner or something, she'll go to a restaurant and announce I'm making a reservation and I want that table over there. It's very important to her to, her to have the right table. And I'll be honest, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice when you get the good table. Are you talking about like a booth versus a. Yeah. Or just like a, placements. A I don't always kind of thing? You've done it. Placements it's like a special in occasion, the dining room. Group. Yeah. Um, he goes early in the day and he's I'll like, I'll do a location. Scout. I want this table right here. And the guy's like, well, this is a table for four. And he's like, I don't care. I'll pay double, which is just doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, so he's made a date with Annie McDowell and this Annie McDowell, what a babe. She shows up and she's a doctor. She's, she's a, a doctor. Dope. I wonder how old, how old was she when she, that's something you could look up. The, uh, so she sits down to dinner and it's like a big thing. Like Kirby's all fired up. Emilio Estevez. And then Andy McDowell, and this is a thing from the 80s, they bring a fucking telephone to the table. <laughs> oh, with the cord? With the cord. I know. So I'm like, did, so when you leave the hospital and you're on call, you have yeah. to tell them where you're going to be. That is definitely a thing. But only in the movies would they actually bring the phone to the table because let's be honest. If you got, if you were got a call at a restaurant, they would just come get you from the table and bring you to wherever the phone is. But in the movies, to help set the they scene, bring the phone to you. They bring the phone to you. So, so they're like tripping patrons as they're walking to yes, the bathroom. With their long and shit. Cord. A giant cord. Yes. So uh, this is this movie eighty four. Yes, I believe so. Nineteen eighty four. The McDowell is around. I mean, when they filmed it, she's around twenty five, twenty six. She was born in fifty eight. Yeah. What a honey. All these characters have pretty weird names. Dale Bieberman. Dale, sixty. Not sexy. Great. Yeah. Wendy Beamish. Yeah. Um. So this. So Kirby Emilio Estevez's date with Andy McDowell doesn't go well because she's got to bounce to go back to. She's on call at the ER. Um, It lasts like ten seconds. Um. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy is over for dinner at Ali Sheedy and Judd Nelson's place. And it's, he's um, smoking a cigarette directly over their walk. Yeah. He's ashing out in that walk. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Eventually he does ashing it. Um, He's, and he doesn't, he doesn't know how to open a wine bottle. No, he does. Well, they're 22. Like, unless it's Boone's farm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just because I grew up in the household that I did. I saw my parents open up wine bottles. Yeah. I mean, I knew how to do it, but it's a corkscrew. You don't know how to fucking work a corkscrew. You just screw right in. Uh, No, I agree with that. Um, And then Judd Nelson, Judd Nelson comes home from the fucking congressman's office and he's like, Hey buddy. And this is a thing that certain guys like to do. He's like, he's bought, um, Ali Sheedy some lingerie that he's talked about. And let's be honest, it's fucking hideous. If I did that for Michelle, yeah. 
if I just like showed up with some lingerie I wanted her to put on, I got to tell you, there would be a long time between that moment and the next time I have sex. Yeah. Well, it is kind of weird. Lingerie is weird because you're like, hey, put this on. OK, take it off. Like I was isn't a naked woman much hotter than a woman in lingerie? Like, isn't the whole point? Right. To but if get- you showed up and just demanded yes. outfit changes, yeah. you'd be like. This is, this wouldn't go over well. That's this true. isn't how couples work. And it's it's all it's bright red with black lace trim. It's hideous. And he's like, "Here, go try this on." And then she goes dutifully goes to the bedroom, and uh, Judd Nelson's like, "Hey, Kevin, by the way, fuck the shit out of the girl that was selling me this." <laughs> was she? Yeah, he said he tried it on for. Her. Was she wearing that outfit while he fucked her? Yes. What? Yes, it was crazy. Um, I had to do so much math, but she was 27. She was 27. Yeah. Oh, in 1985. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Andrew, and then Andrew McCarthy, so that's kind of the end of that scene. Then Andrew McCarthy's headed to the bar. And this is another thing that happens a lot in the 80s. He just stops to chat up a streetwalker. But don't and and that streetwalker I think was the mom from Amen. Yes, um, I knew I recognized her for some. Was she not also? Was she the waitress on It's a Living also? Or no? Am I getting her confused? No, with you're, she yeah, did that's look familiar. Sherilyn Ralph or whatever, yeah. or something Ralph. Yeah. I really Ralph. enjoy the um, friendly hooker trope in movies you don't where see that you know as much she plays a hooker with kind of like, gold. Yes. Yeah, they play the therapist role. Yeah, it turns like they can help you with their life, but. They're fine being a streetwalker. It, it turns out hookers are Sex drug walker. addicts and they're not really. Yeah, so, she's, mm. she's super content just being a streetwalker. Yeah, yeah. She loves to suck dicks. It's a, it's a career. She's like, don't worry. Two years. I'm going to be married to Sherman Helmsley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then Judd Nelson gets a phone call in the middle of the night and it's Jules and she's with some Arabs in the Potomac suite. And again, how far? Oh yeah. This might've been Schumacher's, uh, issues coming out. He's like, I'm about to get gangbanged by a bunch of Arabs. Yeah. It was very, it had a bit of a, a um, little bit of racial profile. It had a bit of a requiem for a dream. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, feel not quite as, she's like, I don't know. She's like there. I don't speak, um, Arabic, but I think I made out the words for, um, Gang anal, bang. anal gangbang. And, uh, <laughs> she didn't say anal. No, I just made that part up. And, uh, he, and Alex like, all right, I'm coming over. So he comes over and like knocks on the door. And then it turns out it's just a Coke party. And she's, and the guys are watching MTV. No, the guys are watching MTV. They're not even like focused on her. But they do all have their, they have the iron chic headdresses uh, on, which is not. Not the the most uh, politically correct. Like they don't. And Jules, they don't Jules is wearing wear like thirty pounds worth of pearls. There's a lot of pearls in. There's this movie. a great deal of pearls. Leslie also. Yes. Ali Sheedy's character. She gets pearled up. She wears a a lot of pearls too. Sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That, so then and then Judd Nelson rescues her and she didn't even really need res- rescuing and then she's like hold on let's keep partying and he's like what I was in bed I gotta go to work and she's like okay I'm gonna call this other guy from my office and fuck him tonight and uh, she hits a payphone knows the guy's number just all sorts of 80s things happening um, what else Mayor Winningham is uh, she, gets, she gets clowned by a woman at the welfare office yeah she's like a social worker and her client 
there's this an extremely or a slightly racist moment here because the the client at the welfare office is a white woman, but she's got bruises all over her. And she has some children that are white. She has has a whole bunch of kids and they're of all sorts of different races. She looks like shit and she's like, you've got terrible outfits. Yeah, yes, yes. she says something like about how she she's never gonna like get out of this office with an outfit like that. Totally. Um, yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Then Billy comes to dinner at um, Mayor Winningham's house, Wendy, and we learn he's been fired again. Her dad. Billy's not someone that you would invite over to your. No, but she loves to have him. dinner. She, th- she thinks he's interesting with your parents she's at their fancy awesome. house. Yeah. He um he's such a mess. Mayor Winningham is like she still lives I at home. I have a dangly earring like that. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. I wore it today. Another another Georgetown success story. She lives at home. Yes, yeah, she lives at like home. She's a social well, worker. They've only just her, graduated. Her dad is a greeting card magnate. Again, interesting choice. What? Like you could have made him, you could have made him rich in any. You're I love this. those made up jobs. Yeah, you could make him rich young, in any way. The kid who announces that Billy's on the roof. That's the kid from It's Gary Shanley's show. The young, a young Grant. I think it's Grant. Who would notice that? Jesus, Ed. You're a savant. Um, this, well, the one thing, so Billy gets drunk at the family's thing, and then he's up, he's up on the roof. I don't believe he has his sacks at this point, but um, Mayor Winningham thinks it's hilarious. It's also extremely dangerous. Very. Like, they're on the basically the third story. Also, and what it's kind a, of weird negative attention-seeking behavior yes, is this? It's a very high-peaked roof. But we do learn that Wendy is a virgin and they're not like dating, but they are kind of dating. It's weird. It and is weird. Rob Lowe basically is like, well, you want me to wear it out or what? Like, you ready for me to, you ready to get that cherry popped? Cause I can do it. And then, but then he gets turned off because she has the wrong kind of so underwear. Stupid. Cause the no, spanks, spanks are like, spanks. the spanks, he, he laughs. At, well, he laughs cause he laughs at everything. Yeah. Cause he's emotionally retarded. Yes. And she, it hurts her feelings. It does, but, but it looks, it must be cold. It's there in DC. It's cold. She has tights on and then spanks like over the tights. It's a weird. How is it cold? This is before the Halloween scene. This is not cold. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's because later somebody tries to freeze to death. I don't know. There's, there's the the it's the, not that cold in dc i i get what you're it's saying not very cold but they they play it fast and loose with the no, climate she makes she's made some comments about her weight yeah that's yeah. why she's wearing she's not even she's, but she's not even fat she's know, frumpy she feels she's like not she fat. is she just yeah. wears giant shoulder pads then she the, yeah there's the, she's not the only one because mccarthy has shoulder pads on later um she she gets some money from her old man that she gives rob Lowe to pay his rent because he's a real piece of shit um, then there's the scene where he doesn't take, well, I actually believe that there is a greeting card magnet because if you've ever bought a greeting card, it costs like $7. Yeah, they're so expensive. They're so expensive. That's why I accidentally Wasted. tried to steal one that one time at CVS. Um, they go to, they go to Rob Lowe's gig. This is the sexiest man alive. Yeah. We went, we talked about that earlier. He's so sweaty. He's just playing the fuck out of that sax. But w- during his solo, um, is this when the is this when the girlfriend shows up or is that a different gig? I know. I no, think this, this is when, is the, when the, she shows the up with her boyfriend. Shows up with her, like a boyfriend. Yeah, his wife shows up. This is where we meet his. And we're not really sure why 
why she shows up with a dude. Yeah. Well, it's to, and they, and they have a reserved table. They don't explain anything about their relationship. Yes. It's just so weird. They have a reserved table directly in front of the band, (laughs) which is weird. Um, And then they immediately start making it. And it's Halloween and everybody's wearing Groucho Marx sunglasses, which is really lame. Very weird. If you're going to yeah. dress up, dress up, dress up or, or don't. not dress or up. Or don't. Um, we learn that Jules is fucking her boss at the bank. Um, and then, So then at the gig, at Billy's gig, he's playing a fucking mean sax solo Pretty and he good. sees his wife making out with some other dude and he's like, hey man, get your fucking hands. He stops the solo. Get your fucking hands off my wife. And the band stops and then he tries to fight him and then there's like a whole thing um, where the where the whole bar spills out in the street for a fight, and then there's and fucking- he promotes eugenics, right? Oh, does he say get every get your sons neutered? Oh yes. Yeah. Because- <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's so Billy's life's not going well, and then we're at the soup kitchen, and Jules is being so. Um, Mayor Winningham, Wendy, she works. She's a social worker. She works. She's running a soup kitchen for all her homeless and. These homeless people are very clean. These, if you've ever been to downtown LA, even for five minutes or any big city, yeah, really, been to DC. Yeah, come on. These these are very clean homeless people that they have. But still, but on top of that, isn't it a bad look to be eating their food when you've got pearls yeah, on? Yeah, um, and the food looks like shit. Um, Jules is disgusted to be there. She's kind of a bitch. Um, she, she, what's going on there? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, Wendy allows that her dad has told her that if she just fucks this guy, Howie and gets married to him, he will buy her a brand new Chrysler LeBaron convertible. And Jules is like, Oh, you got to do that. Like get the car. Are you crazy? They just fuck him. Get the, get the LeBaron and then break up with him. Um, LeBaron's that big of a deal back then. That's solid That's advice. That's a real piece of shit. If someone had offered me a Chrysler LeBaron convertible yeah. yes. to marry Howie. Jump on can, in. You can get it in alt in of like course, a day. Of course. Um, then what? Uh, so, oh, but it turns out. It was the, like an intervention, right? Yeah. Um, she, it turns out they're at the soup kitchen because they need to talk to Jules. She's fucking her married boss. And then this is, this is a thing that she says, and she says it a few times. And this is something that was only said in movies in the eighties and not by real people. She says, it's the 80s. I'm just going to stand with the ladies. I'm no. just going to bop him for a, for a few years, become a legend and host a talk show several times throughout this movie. I believe it's exclusively Jules advises for bopping or euphemizes sex with the term bopping. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh used to boof, right? That yeah. was his thing. Yeah, he boofed. Well, that was flatulence. It. That's flatulence. I Googled it and couldn't see it as just a straight up sex reference, bop. but it, it was used for like blowjobs. Blow oh, really? Because you bop your head oh, up and down. Shut up. But also head jobs between men. Uh, oh, whoa. Blowjobs. Oh, wow. Uh, and, then Jewel, and then another very 80s reference, Jules says right in front of all the homeless people, that she doesn't want to end up a bag lady. <laughs> right Myra. next, doesn't she get? Doesn't she get introduced to the homeless lady? The, like the Myra. regular, Myra. yeah, yeah. Myra 
And she said, I don't want to be a bag lady right next to her. Homelessness was very much glorified in the 80s before it was a rampant epidemic. Remember um, Nick Nolte? He was the lovable. Oh, yeah. He got to fuck the, Bette Midler, who was the woman of the house and down and out in Beverly and Hills. Yeah, and the maid, too. And the maid, yeah. Maid. Uh, yeah, it was just very much a different time. Uh, Ali Sheedy doesn't understand why everyone wants her to marry Alec. Um, and then, despite his lack of uh, ever being able to, to manage gainful employment, Alec gets Rob Lowe a job working for a Korean gangster, which he immediately fucks up by slamming some chick in the hot tub and the hot tub is filled with bubbles. Yeah. Why do you need bubbles? It was was very strange. Um, but this is, then we get to the really, the, and they weren't hot tub bubbles, right? They were like, like he poured in bubble bath in there. Yeah. Yeah, It was bubble bath. Um, we shit for kids. You can't put bubble bath in those jacuzzi towns. It ruins them. The the sign is in every hotel that you go in. We start to realize that, Kirby is a serial killer. Yeah. Emilio Estevez is actually a fucking stalker. He's riding his bike in the rain, following Andy McDowell around, looking at her through the window while she's having lunch or dinner with her boyfriend. This is all so weird. Um, yeah, this is restraining order. He sees her. He's like keeping an eye on her. He's making notes of her, comings and goings um it's it comes to a head later uh billy is billy's really lost his way no but kirby shows up at her house and says i'm obsessed with you oh, right yes he yeah. says it and she's like hey why don't you come in and i'll like give you a little more information oh, about my life also he's completely dry <laughs> He's been, he's been, he was soaking wet. He's been soaked <laughs> his with his jacket was soaking wet. <laughs> yeah. He was staring through the window. There's and a then few continuity he, issues. Yeah, he doesn't have a slicker on. That was one of them. He's just got a regular, like, uh, 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 like a canvas jacket. And he's completely dry when he comes inside, meets the roommate. The roommate's like, not even at all. Doesn't find it strange that a stalker has been invited in. It's very strange. And meanwhile, Andy McDowell's like, look, I'm not that hot. You know, like I'm my room. My house is a mess. Like she's really not into him at all. Um, Billy's Billy's lost his way. He ends up back at the Pike house, which is at University of Maryland. Yeah. Which is super that's depressing. His, that's his frat house. He's, Billy yeah. is and one of those people football. that. Yeah. They're, he plays football with the guys. Billy is what kind of person? But, but in the he's middle of a play, he's he peaked in college. We yeah, all know those yeah, people. But yeah. In the middle of a play, he and another guy like go down to the ground. Yeah. While everyone else is playing, and they just start chatting while everyone else keeps yeah, playing. Get in the game, and then he's like, "Wouldn't hey, one of the guys be like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doying?'" Yeah, and then he's like, "Hey, do you think I could have a job like the fucking like the like the uh, treasurer?" Like the yeah, of teak. <laughs> is going to get him a job we're like cleaning up around the frat. And he's like, yeah, we could always use somebody that could get us good drugs, which seems like it would be a great opportunity for Billy. Right. He's a fair, a fair comment to the, the resident drug dealer. Yeah, he, he knows how to get drugs. It's, they want to buy drugs like good little side gig. I know why jump on it. I know play your sacks. Sell some fucking blow that on the side. That seems like a big missed opportunity for Billy. Big time. Um, so, 
uh, Rob Lowe's or uh, Billy's baby mama breaks up with him. She tells him we could get an annulment. Um, he takes it hard, but he kind of gets it. And this is this gets. He, he says, "Don't you give up on me?" Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. corny. Um, and then Kirby takes over um, Rob Lowe's job, working for the Korean gangster. He's the houseboy, right? The Korean gangster, by the way, <laughs> Mr. Kim. Played not, not played by a Korean. Played by a Spanish dude. <laughs> He doesn't look very Korean. He's not Korean, so I looked him up, He's and his name his name was like Mario Machado, <laughs> not Korean at all. And I think he might also have been in Die Hard. I'm not sure. Um, very also, strange. Why is Kim still taking references from Alec after big, Billy big bopped mistake. his mistress big, in the auto? He he is immediately about to learn it's a big mistake. Um, Wendy. She's gotten the LeBaron and Alec is still pressuring Leslie into marriage. Basically, all of these people's lives are just so fucking just not sad enough to actually be sad for them, but sad enough that you're like, just get your shit together. You right. guys suck. Um, and Jules has progressed to dropping a digit on her boss. She's like, you, you wouldn't, you'd be surprised what he likes up his ass or something. She's like, she says something her about boss Forrester. Yeah. Yeah. And again, she's, she's oh, yeah, the anal reference. Yeah. She's, that, that was very like, wait, what? She's stressed out about her stepmonster's funeral. Kirby immediately after getting a job working for the Korean gangster throws a party at his house. He has his limo driver, Chase, um, Dale. Andy McDowell, Dale around. So he could, because he's determined that she only likes guys with money. So he Wait, like, one, one thing. Yeah. I, I got to back you up when, when there's that creepy attempted rape in the Jeep with Jules, mm-hmm. when oh, Billy oh, yeah, is trying to rape yeah. yeah. He goes, uh, what's that underneath your skirt? And she says, you should know. Yeah, they fucked before. Right. That well, that actually happens after that. It's that's in the aftermath of Kirby's party because Kirby Kirby gets the job for the Korean gangster. Throws. Oh a, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, throws a party night. where everyone's just doing lines of coke out in the open. Yeah, people are. Billy's doing coke. He's. We've learned he's hawked his sacks. He's wearing the sweetest '80s shirt. He's got like it's pretty sweet. It, it's like red shirt with like black and white. Black like, with red. Slashes all yeah. over it, and then he's also with got the gold lame tie. Yeah, a lame tie over the outside. Um, Jules brought the blow. Alex announces in front of everybody. He doesn't ask Leslie to marry him. He just tells the whole fucking party that he's gonna marry her. And which is another eighties trope. Yes. Yeah. It happened in Crocodile Dundee. It happened in Coming to America, mm-hmm. where like the the engagement was announced when nobody. When, they, when half the people in the couple didn't know. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. So, but then it comes to a head because Leslie's like, she takes him into the kitchen and she's like, how am I supposed to marry you when you're having all of these, when you're having all What are these- we supposed to do about your extra- curricular activity yes and so she's like busting and him. she says it really like she's got tears yes. in her eyes and she's yes. fucking it's a, it's a real scene yeah it's a real she's scene really she's doing act- some acting she, just, she does um guys heads up she knows okay you think you're well, out I'm- there you think you're doing some stuff guess what she knows, just like Leslie knew in this movie. We always know. Yeah, they know. They know. Nobody's that slick. Yeah, no, you're just not. Yeah. They know. 
Um, and so she's, but, she's caught him and she does that thing where she just says it like she knows it. And then he immediately admits to it. So another, another advice guys, deny, deny, deny. And when she's really got you in a corner, <laughs> you fucking keep denying that shit. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She thinks she knows, but she doesn't know. She knows. She doesn't know. She knows. Just keep denying it, dude. She knows. Unless she's been through your phone, don't let her go through your phone. But he does the woman, the the usual woman move where he orders her out of the apartment. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then, no, but first he goes, what did Kevin tell you? She's like, she's like, I know you've been fucking around. And he's like, what did Kevin tell you? Immediately outs himself. And he's, then he goes in and he fucking knocks out Andrew McCarthy. And Andrew McCarthy's like, I didn't say shit. And she's like, you dumb fuck. She's like, you just confirmed what I knew. He didn't tell me anything. Um, so, so there's a great scene yeah. featuring an extra here. Yeah. So, all right. Sorry. So when he, he, he says, well, move out of the apartment, you know, take your shit or whatever. Yeah, he kicks her out. Um, one of the extras in that scene, like everybody's standing around and somebody goes, did you hear that? That was it. I just so thought it was good. funny. Like, there's no reason for that line to be said, but somebody says it in that scene. Uh, yeah. Then Jules gives Billy a, a ride home in her Jeep and Billy turns into a real piece of shit. Just not like Billy this whole time is a lovable piece of shit. Like he's just mm-hmm. can't get his shit together, but he's nice. Yeah, it takes a bit of a turn. He cares about this mayor winning him. This is his rock bottom. Yeah. Then he's like, you're not, he's like, you're not getting out of this car unless you let me grab that fucking pussy. And he's like, steals her keys. And he's like, puts him down his pants. Yeah, get my dick if you get this And this, keys. Was, this was like five minutes after the speech to his wife saying, no more booze, no more women. Yes. Yeah. At, the, at University of Maryland. The wife comes out with the baby on the porch and the neighbors, there's dogs barking. They live in a bad neighborhood. Um, it's really, Billy's basically a rapist. He's a real piece of shit. And then. This Jules, who, who's been going through something throughout the movie, says, I needed a friend tonight and gets in her Jeep and drives away. Mm-hmm. Does he go, yeah. why don't you go get in the uh, missionary position right after she says that? Yeah, in the, yeah, he he's just like, doubles down. Yeah, he's asshole. disgusting. Um, so meanwhile, during the party that Kirby's throwing, he is on the phone because Andy McDowell hasn't shown up to his party and he's doing emergency breakthroughs, which is a big eighties move. Very eighties. Ends up driving Wendy's LeBaron over to her pad and her, uh, her roommate yells out the window. Like she's fucking went skiing. I'm on the phone, asshole. And he's like, where'd she go skiing? And then he uses like some kind of shenanigans to find out where she's been skiing. And then, he fucking drives up to the mountains and Ed. Yeah, this is like Vermont. I was going to say, there's no snow on the ground in DC where they no, are. And so, if, if you would say probably the closest, maybe there's my, some, yes. you know, some tiny action in the Poconos yes. in Pennsylvania. Yes. But this has like two feet of snow. This is Tons Vermont. Yes. Which is how this many, is Vermont, how long of a drive? Which if you're talking about no traffic, I did a little Google maps when yes. I saw this. Good. It's seven and a half hour oh drive from DC. Eight hours away he drove in that LeBaron. So you gotta think he left that party at midnight, yes. and yet it's still dark when he gets there. 
unless he's on a rocket sled when he got to Vermont, it's like seven in the morning. But it's still and light. He's, he's, yeah, and I think it's on the same tank of gas, oh, and he had yes. been drinking at that party. It's just he definitely in in the realistic version, he's definitely dead on the side of the highway, awful. right in this scene. Yes, it's great. So he 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 heads out to stalk. He, he goes and finds Andy McDowell's uh, uh, love nest ski pad ski cabin. Meanwhile, Ali Sheedy heads back with Kevin to his place, and it's all dirty. And then they get there, and Kevin's like. Do you want some brandy? Yeah, is that is that a thing? Brandy? Who drinks brandy? Who the fuck drinks brandy? (laughs) So weird. This makes this makes the screwdriver seem like a normal order. (laughs) Do you want some brandy? I'd be like, what? What's brandy? Well, that was when you were little. That's what you drank to keep to get you warm. Yeah, it's like what you put in eggnog or something. I don't know what it is. I've never had it. Saint Bernard dogs have like around their neck. Yeah, when they. Find avalanche victims. It's like shitty whiskey. Okay, so if Kirby was found dead in Vermont, maybe Brandy would be what they'd... Right. Laying there unconscious, they'd get a St. Bernard and give him Brandy. This is not uh, in Georgetown, 22-year-olds or 23-year-olds giving each other Brandy. Yeah, no, it's so crazy. So while he's pouring the Brandy, Ali Sheedy starts going through his things. And right there on the coffee table in like a cigar box, he's got um, like 70 pictures of her. Which is very this weird. is an eighties thing, yeah. Right. Which which you either it's either a serial killer or a, a, a secret yeah. admirer, one and, or the other. And anybody would be completely creeped out by this. But she's like, "What's going on here?" And he's like, "Look, he doesn't even try to hide it. He's like, you're all.' What did I, thi- I say? This was something else stole from this scene. What did I say? Oh, I don't know. I don't love remember. Actually. Oh, love. Yes, it was love, love actually. Yeah, yes. love. That's what I said. Wow. This is Ed, the scene man. where, where Kira Knightley looks finally stole. sees the wedding tape and it's all close ups yeah. of her. Yes. Love actually, they thought the one guy was gay for the other guy yeah. when it really he was obsessed with the wife. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Richard Curtis ripped it, ripped off this, this. Script. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then, but instead of being like a normal person, we're like, this is weird. I'm out of here. She's like, I'm into it. And fucking Kevin starts wearing her out on his living room coffin, which he has. Very violent makeout sessions. Yes. Yeah, I didn't like that. The, the smashing together of the faces. She has many strings of pearls on throughout. She, yeah, never takes he, off. He pumps her in the shower. Even in the shower yeah. with the pearls. Yeah, they're fucking everywhere throughout his house. Then it's like the morning and they're in bed. And I always worry about the breath in situations like this. It's been all night. Yeah. And they're in bed together. She's still got the pearls on. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I was really like, your titties were nice. And they're like, they're really like, they're like connecting about their love. And fucking Judd Nelson. Nobody locks anything. It's DC. It's one of the fucking most dangerous downtowns in America. They don't lock the door. Alec Baldwin walks in. He's got a court of... Uh, or it's a can, it's a tall can of Miller Lite. And he's like, man, I really fucked this up. He's drinking it in the morning? Yeah, he's drinking it in the morning. He's like, uh, just, I screwed up, I'll never get her back. He's like talking into the bedroom from the living room and and Kevin like comes out and he's like, hey, hey, he's, he's like, hey, can we talk about this later? I got any, and, and Alex like, whoa, whoa, you got a chick in there? What? The fat chick? He goes, is it the fat chick? It's not the fat and- chick, is it? Alec is such an asshole. Yeah, it's, it's not the fat chick. Is it the fat chick? Uh, and Ali Sheedy walks out. Rat, as always in the 80s, 
completely like she couldn't put a shirt on or anything she's wrapped ripped the sheets out in the bedding which is very yeah. now it's you really hard to remake whole, that bed you've pulled the whole sheet really hard the to re- bed. yeah she's got all she's got the sheet she's got the comforter she's got the duvet she's got the pillow shams she's got everything from the bed wrapped around her she's completely wrapped up and she's like kind of tearing up she really does some acting in this movie and she's like it's not the fat chick and Alec Baldwin freaks out. He's like, there's no, or Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Judd Nelson freaks out. He's like, there is no way that this is happening. So Mr. Kim eventually returns and people are, um, Wendy is sleeping on the stairs with Howie. And it's like, that drives me crazy. It's like wooden no one, stairs. No, there's so many places in a big house to sleep. There Why would you just sleep on the stairs? You're right. You're like sitting you out. Some carpet. You can pass out in lots of places. You don't both pass out. One of you is going to be like, oh, she passed out on the steps. Wait, I got to move her. You know where else you, you can sleep? You wouldn't because both this is pass out people on the steps. Yep. People in movies often pass out in bathtubs. Yes. Sleep in the bathtub. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the at last resort <laughs> bathtub. Um, so she's like, uh, Mr. Kim's like, where is Kirby Carmichael or whatever his name is? And she's like, oh, uh, he took my new LeBaron um, up to the mountains and uh, Kirby, so Kirby. So another Georgetown graduate that's fired for the fourth yes. time. Just quickly. Yes. We haven't talked about how there's two pieces of music that are intercut with every scene in this movie. The main theme and then that other song where he's Man singing about St. Elmo's Fire. Okay. Man in Motion, right? Yeah, Man in Motion. Okay, as you are. Um. It's true. They'd use the same song. It's the yeah. same two they songs. Really saved, they really saved on a composer. They're like, just give me one song and then we're good. I don't have Man in Motion queued up, but I do have the St. Elmo's Fire theme. This place throughout. They bring this back throughout the movie. Right, but there was ne- you're right, Kate. There was never like a dramatic part or like no. when they're in the hospital after the DWI. It's always the same music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Throughout, they're really saved on that. Attempted rape. Doesn't matter. So in in the meantime, Kirby's found his way to Vermont somehow. He shows up at um, Andy McDowell's. Dale Beaverman's. Yeah, Dale Beaverman. And she's with some older, like, hunky. This dude. Yeah, he's obviously probably a doctor from the hospital. Yeah, he's a a real chill dude. She's, he's, Kirby gets the LeBaron stuck. Um, Dale Bieberman comes out and she's like, Kirby, what are you doing here? You're going to freeze to death. Come inside. And then for some reason he comes inside and he's real pissed. He's a real dick to the guy that's basically saving his life. Right. The guy she's fucking her fiance. Mm-hmm. And then they, she comes inside and for some reason they need to dis, he has to disrobe and he's just in a blanket and she's like, well, your clothes won't be dry for a while. What? He was just in the car. Why is clothes wet? He's that's- Right. That's a power move, though. Hey, he can wear my pajamas. I'm going to be fucking her in the other room. But (laughs) Kirby, you can wear my pajamas on the couch, fuck face. So he's like Kirby um, flicks them off the chair onto the the floor. So he spends the night and in the morning, the fucking alpha male that she's with has freed his LeBaron from Mm -hmm. the snowbank. Yeah. And he's like, hey, you better get going. It's going to snow soon. Get get lost. Yeah. And then he's like, he's like, hey, I'll see you later. And he's like, you know what? He goes. Let me go get my camera so I can take a picture of you. That was his idea. Yeah, it was the it was the so boyfriend's weird. idea. And uh, and Annie McDowell's like, all right. And she's like, Kirby, 
listen, she's like, you're really sweet. You're going to, I'm really flattered. Yeah. She's like, maybe in a different, uh, time, you know, this would have worked or whatever, but it's, you know, it's just not the time. And then she gives him a nice soft peck on the cheek to which, and this is something that happened in the eighties. He fucking grabs her, leans her over. Also, just try kissing yeah, anybody like I think this. this it's is nearly called, impossible. This is called the Joe Biden. Yeah, the dip. The, like, yeah, the, the, he, the... Yeah. he dips her and then throws a fucking hard it's make out on her. very rapey. He mouth rapes her. Yeah. He mouth rapes her yeah. directly in front of the fucking ski cabin. And then, as happens in 80, all 80s movies, mm-hmm. she kind of likes it. Yeah. She enjoys it. Yeah. She enjoys the mouth well, assault she, she just got. She likes the alphaness. Yeah. And then, so then he brings her back and he's smiling and they're both so happy. And the boyfriend comes back and he takes their picture. And then he, it's a, it's a, um, Polaroid. And then he just gives the Polaroid to Dale Beaverman. Like she doesn't fucking want it. And then he drives away <laughs> in the LeBaron. Like and, victorious. Like yes. I got what I wanted. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I did. So weird. And then they show him driving away. And they're in some fucking mountain locale where they don't clear the roads and it's clearly yeah, no got no chains on. Yeah, it's clearly dumped a foot and a half of powder 10 minutes before. In a, in it's a ditch. the deepest snow. It's right. impossible to drive on. It's crazy. Anyway. So Kirby once again will die in an accident yes. leaving there. Let's hope because Kirby is a huge weirdo. He sucks. He's, He's a stalker. Word. Um, then Leslie shows up to move all the stuff. Everything's coming to a head. Everyone's life is falling apart. There's just, no one's life is working out. Meanwhile, you went to Georgetown, like shit should be going pretty well for you. You probably all have rich parents. Um, Leslie comes over to move all their stuff out of the loft and Alec is home and she's like, Oh, I came over because I thought you wouldn't be here. and, And I thought you'd be at work. And he's like, I'm sick. He's sick. But he's wearing jeans, <laughs> and I can't remember what shirt. I think it might have been a button. He's holding up a football, sh- I remember. Yeah, he's with a button-up shirt covered with a bathrobe, an open bathrobe over his jeans and shirt, and holding a football. Yeah, but and there's a, and there's a sick. huge he's just there mural. to have a confrontation yeah. with her. Uh, yeah, it's and a the- huge mural of like a bunch of dudes standing around. Yeah, it's like a, it's like runners or something. It's, it's like, like a, it, but there's a Nike logo. It's like a Nike, yeah. like the, what you would paste yeah, on like, a billboard. Like a They've got it yeah, pasted it's on really their wall. Weird. And then they start fighting about their, um, they fight about their albums. And he's like, you, f- they're, you know, the, the albums are sort of a, a metaphor. And she's, he's like, you fucked Kevin. And she's like, you fucked many, which I think. Yeah, nobody talks like that. I, I don't know, but it's a great, it's a great return though. Like, like, how do you, like, she just fucking dunked on him so hard. Like, there's not. I do, I do respect when, like, they're fighting over albums. He's like, you can have Billy Joel, but you can't have Pretenders. Yeah, he's Pretenders. I like. And then he's like, no Springsteen leaves us off. But then they get a big, in a big fight over Mahler. And I was like. I remember being a kid. I'm like, I never heard of Mahler. Like what's, is he like a guitar player? Like a blues guy? Who's Mahler? And, and then I realized later in life, that's fucking classical music. They're fighting over, what? they're fighting over Mahler's first symphony yeah. or something. As, as 23 year olds are want to yes. do. Yes. Uh, and then he's like, no Springsteen leaves this house. Like they're really fighting over the records. Um, she leaves 
Kevin, who's a real sad sack writer, finally has gotten he gets some pussy for the first time he in gets, a few years. Yes. Right. And he gets he gets like a, a, an article in like Section C of the living, you know, the living section oh, yeah. or whatever. He gets well below the fold, maybe like yeah. two column inches, like not <laughs> the kind of shit that they let interns write. He got and he's really excited <laughs> he's about such it. Such a sad sack. <laughs> Um, really kind of depressing. Meanwhile, it's he and Leslie are sorted together right now, mm-hmm. but uh, he's he's clearly smothering her. Jules he's feeling it way more than she is. Yeah, Jules is doing tons of blow, and Leslie basically has to let Kevin know, "Hey, I just needed to get fucked. Like I was, I was really like kind of broken hearted and I needed to get under someone to get over someone. And now it's over. Yeah. And yeah, if I ever feel like it's a, the right time, like I know my son has finally gotten some, I want to show him the scene to show it how, mm-hmm. how uncool you don't, you don't want to play it this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's, he plays it. He plays it about as uncool as it gets. Kev- you get. The- yeah. Kevin is a real, Bitch. And then right in the middle of them breaking up, Alec calls and he's got the line of the movie because he's on the other line and she's like, hey, Alec. And 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 then Kevin's in the background. He's like, hang up on him. Is that is that or he's like, is that Alec? Hang up on him. Hey, just hang up. Hang up the phone. Hang up on him. Like he's he's a real bitch. He's a real pussy. And, and he's and, being really controlling. And Judd Nelson. Girls don't like that. You forget what a star this Judd Nelson was at the time because he's like. Who's that? That's not Kevin, is it? You're not with Kevin playing my records. (laughs) (laughs) Easily just the best sequence of the movie. Yeah. Eventually she gets off the phone with him. She, Ali Sheedy sends Andrew McCarthy away. She's just like over it. And it's winding down. Kirby's been shunned. He's decided to go back to law school. Him and Andrew McCarthy are back in the apartment. And then we reach the climax. We, right. And, and really, See, but, but one yeah. thing I, I, I want to bring up, you know, this is all about jewels, but she was pretending to go to work. And I have experience with this. Oh, Cause you used to do my, this. No, my college roommate, one of my college roommates was interning at the white house the same semester as Lewinsky. Oh yeah. Like he was, he was during this time. Yeah. And my other roommate and I found out that this dude was either lying about the entire internship or he got fired and we'd catch him like hanging out in the park and like pretending he was showing up for work every day. Shut up. And we we would ask him very specific questions. Yes. Hey, what was it like? You know, we'd ask him, Oh, I heard something going. And it was, it was great fun because he was a sociopath. So it was fun to fuck with. What? What's, why would you do that? That's insane. That's nuts. Yeah, he that was, is insane. He was, he was a, he was a pathological liar and it was real fun to just for like two, three months, just catch him in a lie and just keep hammering home and letting him lie like that. It was great. I had, I had, some, so this is what Jesus was doing. I had some buddies that had a similar situation where there was after college and they all kind of had like good jobs, like sales jobs. And they had one roommate that was like paying the rent but it was real vague about what he was doing, you know? And they were like, what's like, what's Matt's job? It's like, he doesn't, he says he's in sales, but they didn't really know. 
And then it, somebody determined that he was actually one of those guys that would go to the college campuses and set up a table and be like, Hey, I'll give you a free cooler if you um, fill out this Amex application. Yeah, here's a koozie. Yes. Just give me like, your address and social security number. T-shirts over here. I got T-shirts. All I need is <laughs> all of your personal information. Uh, and it, so it was like obvious why he wasn't sharing well, like what he was doing for a gig. Uh, but this movie, this movie, everything that happens in this movie is the climax. Like you could do a whole podcast on just, just breaking down the moments of the climax of St. Elmo's fire. It turns out. Um, so Leslie shows up at Alex job and she's like, uh, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You fucking bitch. And he's like, she's like, it's jewels, Alec. And he's like, what's wrong? He's like, she, I found out that she's like somebody, cause she's been staying with her. She's like this morning she went to work. And after she went to work, this finance company showed up and like took her Jeep, took all the fucking furniture, the, the Billy Idol, uh, the Billy Idol. What's that stuff called? Neon. All of it. Right, yeah. He took the bangs. Yeah. Took the Billy Idol bangs. The, the Billy Idol light up earring is gone. I don't know what's going on. And then I went to her. Jules's life has been repoed. Yeah. Yeah. She got everything repoed. And then she, she's like, then I went to her work and I'm like, Hey, is Jules here? And they're like, she got fired three weeks ago. She's pulling an Ed's roommate. Yeah, exactly. So then they, they (laughs) again, they round up the whole crew. They're, They're like, let's go to her house. So they go to her house, her apartment, her loft, and she's got the door barred. And I'm just going to say not like I'm pretty handy. Like I can, I know how to use a screw gun and I can, I can level things and whatnot. But what she's got set up is like one of those like hard, like iron bars. That's a crowbar. Yeah. It's a crowbar, but it's wedged against, you would have to like screw a block to the floor to wedge it there so that the door, you can't, you can't kick in the door because it's wedged against something Mm -hmm. firm on the floor. Anyway, she's got that set up somehow. And why does she have that in her apartment? I don't know. It's that's not explained. And she's just sitting on the floor. And again, it's winter, I guess she's got all the, no. Yeah. But if you look at all the characters, not one person has even closed their coat. Like they're kind of windbreaker or like slightly warmer than that. It's probably a 58 degree day. It's definitely well, not. Freezing. It's not a blizzard. Yeah. I mean, she's it's not going to yeah. freeze to death. No. It's like but 60 degree weather. I it's, did get the feeling that she maybe had been sitting there for a while. So yeah. maybe she's gotten cold. Yeah. I don't know. And so Alec is there and then he comes with Leslie and then, um, and then Kevin shows up with Emilio Estevez and, and he's like, and Alec's like, who invited him or something like, he's like, we're still pissed. And she and Leslie's like, I called him. And but there's like still some some bad blood there. So they 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 can't get in the front door. So they run around, they climb up the fire escape, and then there's like the fire escape is barred, mm-hmm. which you let's just hope the building doesn't catch on fire. Because yeah. if it did and the fire was by your front door, you would burn yeah. to death because mm-hmm. there's these there's like um prison bars, there's like cross hatched bars on the windows 
except that this Emilio Estevez is a tiny human being. Like you have to, you have to realize everyone in this movie is an actor and Emilio Estevez is significantly smaller than every single one of them. He's like five, four. He's gotta be. Yeah. In the less than five, five for sure. And, and very narrow in the hips. He could have easily crawled through (laughs) the bars. I like when you look in the apartment, the repo man has taken everything except for Jules's drapes, which are like 20 feet long. And they're billowing. They're billowing. from. They're, the- they're, <laughs> they're the longest drapes I've ever seen. And, and they're billowing because it's windy, but it's not windy. Creepy, <laughs> creepy clown mask. clown head I could, in her bedroom. I could, uh, what, clown head. Why Giant is that there? ceramic clown head. I did not what? understand that. What was that doing there? And then, so then at, somebody's like, um, Jules, you're gonna because it's all open. They can Jules, yell. Jules, you're in. gonna freeze you're to gonna, death. And then, and then, um, Kevin is like, I think that's the idea. And <laughs> meanwhile, everyone's like, Wait, are you kidding? Because right. she's not actually gonna freeze to death. Right. Like, she had to be in the hot fifties at worst. Yeah, it's like she yeah, can't freeze. You no, know, she would have. She would starve to death before she froze to death. It's just not you cold can't enough. Freeze when nobody's wearing even a hat. And then you can't freeze in that weather. Then somebody's like, I'm going to go get Billy. And they're like, where's Billy? And they're like, he's working at the Amico station down the block, which. Yeah, that, that makes sense. He's, he's like two years removed from Georgetown. Yeah, I mean, he could get any kind of job. Like, it's, and this is this is before the days of computer background checks. So just having that just in degree, you know, it's one thing if. In the the age of computer background checks, you you would there'd be all kinds of red flags. Oh, he you know he fucked the boss's girlfriend at his at his uh, mansion, that kind of stuff. Right now, he's just a Georgetown graduate. He's not going to get caught doing anything. No, and he's working at a, a he's work, gas station. He's working at the gas station. He shows up, and this is where things really go off the rails because their answer to get into the apartment is to bring an arc welder up from the ground to they've got the acetylene tanks hundreds Did of they pounds it up? I don't, they don't really they don't really yeah, get have enough access to that kind of stuff he's brought it from the gas station from the gas station and then but i don't know how much welding they're doing at the gas station and then he's Did they, they do that no they and don't why gasoline does Billy of course not they know how to weld no they no the one guy that might know how to weld, because they apparently weld engine blocks or something at this gas station he works at, is Billy. But Billy goes around to the front door where he wants to just, like, he's going to break down the front door with a fire extinguisher. Meanwhile, Kevin, Andrew McCarthy and Neely Westavis just start fucking cutting the bars with the fucking wait, wait, acetylene wait. torch. Did, did you mention the attempted murder? Just because before that, just before that, he's trying to he's trying to murder Kevin, and they yes. look up, and that and just Billy goes, goes completely looks like, pretty out of hand up there. Yes, yes. And he's trying to murder. Instead of saying we we need to prevent this murder before somebody yes. uh, gently breezes themselves to death, like let's fix the murder Alec, part. Alec, they all come to the rescue of Jules and forget about the attempted murder. Alec, they're on the second floor. Alec grabs. Andrew McCarthy by the shirt and fucking throws him backwards. It's like, imagine 
Judd Nelson is Suge Knight and Andrew McCarthy is Vanilla Ice. He's holding him over the side by his shirt. Uh, all he's got to do is let go and he's dead. And he's like, and Andrew McCarthy's like, I love her, man. And it's no one else seems to think it's that big of a deal. That one yeah. character in the movie is about to up there. Yeah, is about to murder one of his best friends. Now. <laughs> it looks like an attempted murder is happening. It's crazy. And then um, Emilio Estevez has the only fucking sane line in the situation. I believe it's him who says, this smells to me like a bit of self-created drama. Yeah. Because she's just sitting there in a fucking yeah. breezy apartment waiting to be rescued. It's the most this accurate like the thing anyone has said in the whole movie. Yeah. And then eventually, eventually, um, the Jules removes the bar, the Katie bar from the door and, uh, Rob Lowe blasts in with the, with the, uh, fire extinguisher and the door just comes right open. And then they just sit down and have a smoke. And well, he gives the, as you speech. do. Yeah. He, well, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He goes, He's, he goes, you know what this is? Is this the part where Jules says my favorite line? Yeah. I never thought I'd be this tired at 22. Yes. Which is how I feel every, every year of my life. Yeah, that is a pretty good line, actually. <laughs> she, he goes, you know what this is? This is St. Elmo's fire. <laughs> and then he tells a story about it's like the sailors. Like an origin story <laughs> of... Of the bar he he plays saxophone. Right. At. Yeah, but this, but as if it would never have been discussed. Yeah, before. they go to St. Elmo's <laughs> Bar all the time, and you have this weird knowledge about this this right. weather phenomenon, and you've never said it in all the years you've been going to the bar that one of your best friends works at. You were, hey guys, you know what this St. Elmo's yeah. means? Sorry. It's not even a real saint. It's huge, actually this huge, huge plot this hole. weather phenomenon that he's never said it. And also, hey, remember the last time I saw you? I tried to rape you. Anyway, I'm going to save your life right now from the draft. <laughs> from the draft. And then before you know it. We're going to remove this breeze. Yeah. Before you know it. I'm going to put, I'm going to hand you a sweatshirt. Yeah. They're cracking up. The two of them are just laughing and everything's fine. And you're like, I fucking just watched this for two hours. Like this is what, this is how it ends. Yeah. This is it. Everybody's buddies again. Billy's helping Wendy. Uh, Wendy's finally got her own apartment. It's a real shithole. An extreme yes, because shithole. She works for welfare. Her dad's rich. Like you, you can't. No, but she she turned all of dad's money down. She says, "I'm yeah. giving back." She wants uh, to do what's it, it Howie, and way. I'm giving back yep. your money. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But Billy and Wendy. It turns out she gets up in the middle of the night and uh, makes peanut butter and jelly Best sandwiches. Peanut butter jelly sandwiches ever had. Which he's kind of might have something to do with her Zavdig frame. <laughs> okay. You know, like her figure, like she's concerned about her figure. She's got to wear Frank, uh, Spanx newsflash. Don't make 2 AM peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's what bodybuilders do. Cause they're trying to gain weight. Like they just don't do that. And you'll probably lose some weight. Okay. Let's lay off. Then Billy, Wendy. Billy, who's a bit of a scumbag still obsessed with, he's like, Hey, you're yeah. still a virgin. I'm going to be the so motherfucking weird. virgin surgeon. Yeah. Then he fucking takes that V card right there in her fucking apartment. She's been saving it up. I think, I think he takes something away from her and based on Billy's track record, Give her I think something. he gives her something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. HIV. Okay. Something. HPV. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, definitely HPV and probably herpes simplex 10. Uh, and then next thing we know, 
Billy's following his dreams. He's and Ed, you they can. Gotta, he's gonna clean up. He's gonna clean up. Yep. He's gonna leave the the rough and tumble DC music scene. Yep. They're gonna send him on a bus. Well, he's been working at the Amico and he saved up some money working at the Amico. Obviously not. Isn't he, it just Amco? Amico. Oh yeah. Um, he's Am, No, Amco is the um is the transmission guys. Am Amico. Is just a, like a gas station. Hmm. He's, but, yes. But they're sending him off like he's going to Vietnam. He's, he's going three and a half hours away. And also, he does something that was very popular in the 80s where he's like, Yeah, I told Melody, or he's like, I told whatever the girl's name was that I could be like one of those weekend dads to Melody, but I decided. She doesn't need that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want anyone to get confused. Actually, exactly what she needs. You're going to really fuck her up by getting yes. on that bus. Like, yeah, she actually she, does. She's going to end up like Jules to pop over every weekend, dickhead. But how about he's going to clean up and what he's going to do is he's going to leave D.C. and the, the music scene. And he's going on a bus to New York City yeah. to play saxophone for a living. Where, yeah. all, the, yes, where all the heroin is. Yeah. The only, yeah, the only people who play saxophone in New York City are homeless and on heroin. Good, good point. Also, gets on a bus, 100%, he could take the Amtrak for like $87, but instead... No, 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 that, 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 uh, that bus... There's there's a Chinatown bus that's twenty five dollars DC to New York City. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's, like, it still exists. All eighties movies wow. have can't get like anything. Greyhound. Oh, that's bus crazy. Up. That's crazy. It's more romantic yeah. to take the Greyhound. I thought the Greyhound would be like three cents cheaper than getting mm-hmm. on the fucking train. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a great there's a great line in uh, in planes, trains, and automobiles at the last stop when he's on the bus. He goes, "Have you ever traveled by bus?" And Steve Martin goes no, and he goes, "Your mood's probably not going to improve." I know. I took a I took a train or I took a bus one time from Phoenix to uh, Santa Ana, California, and it was first of all, it's like it's like a four and a half hour drive, and it's for some reason like a nine hour bus ride, and <laughs> you can smell the shitter. There's a shitter on the bus. <laughs> And you could smell it wafting oh, through. Mm. And there was some dude regaling people with stories about the uh, about being drafted by the Montreal Expos for the entire. And I'm like, dude, you're on the fucking Greyhound. Like, you're not playing for the Expo. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get much of a bonus. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, that's it. That's how it ends. Billy well, goes off the no, place. No, no. The one. Yep. The one last twist that is. Uh, more fantasy than reality. The love triangle. Everybody's friends now. They all made up. It, there was a attempted murder. Really weird. Fucked his his friend's wife or, or girlfriend. It, Is it going to be? Why weird? would they like, be? Friends? Alex going to be like, "Hey, Kevin, remember that time well, you fucked my no?" Because they my wife she, when they're married. She gives the vibe that she's down to get spit roasted by him. Well, she does say, "I want to be buddies." Yes, and she's, yeah, she wants. Go finger cups. Yes, she's standing in between them. Like it's very symbolic. The organization of the characters. Like I think there is a three way about to go down for sure. 
This is an insane movie. It's so bad. It's on rewatching. It's it's pretty insane. so terrible, but it's very nostalgic. And this is really cool. It's seeing Emos, man. I remember being obsessed with like Loved it. when I was a fre- when yes. I was freshman in high school. The senior class that year, I was really obsessed with it. It was so cool. Yeah. And they walked um, their graduation. They walked to the, to the, to the theme to St. Elmo's Fire. The and I thought it was so Elmo's cool. Uh, okay. That's it. That's Well, that thanks for coming on this a ride. fantastic wrap up. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have asked us to do this movie. I'm stoked that we finally did it. Should we do um, character rankings before we go? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, bottom three characters, Ed Daly, the worst three, kill, 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 who do you kill of the seven characters in the movie? I'm killing Kirby, number one. Because he's, he's the biggest danger to society. He's a stalker. He's uh, a piece of shit. Number two, Kevin, because he's terrible. And uh feel bad about this one. Number three, I'm going to kill Mayor Winningham because she she really doesn't provide value added. She's got the she's a doormat. She's got the Sally, Sally Jeff Jesse Raphael glasses. She does. Yeah, she's got the bangs. <laughs> uh, Kate McManus, kill, kill, kill. Who are who are your bottom three characters? Saying almost fire. Probably the same as Ed. Oh, really? But I would kill. Kevin first. Kevin for sure. Then Kirby. Yeah. yeah. Then Wendy. I almost, my bottom three, I almost wouldn't kill Kevin first because cigarettes are going to get him because he smokes <laughs> a lot of them. You can't smoke at that, at that rate. Yeah. You can't. But he smokes more than the guy outside of every Chinese restaurant. Yeah. He's the delivery guy. Yeah, he smokes a lot. Um, number one, I kill Kevin, followed closely by. Kirby, who is just, he's a stalker. He's terrible. He's scary. Third, I kind of respect Alec, but I, I don't want to kill any of the bras. I forgot Alec. I might kill him instead of Wendy. Oof. Alec, I mean, Alec is a, a multiple attempted murderer. He's Patrick Bateman. But when he's like, are you, li- are you with Kevin? Are you listening to my <laughs> records? I mean, oh, and he has another good line. I don't know when it was. Maybe at the inter- at the the end scene where he goes, "Oh, did you bring all the the guys you've slept with? Yeah. Is your high school prom date here?" Yes. Yeah, that was good too. That was good too. That was okay. a good line. De- that was a good line. I definitely can't kill Alec. I kill Kevin. I kill. Uh, I kill Kirby and then I kill Billy because he's a fucking rapist piece of shit and he's going to turn into a drug yeah, addict in New York anyway. So fuck him. Well, he's, he'll be dead inside of 18 months for sure. Going to New York city. hundred percent. Trying to make a living playing the saxophone. Get out of here. Yeah, Unbelievable. Uh, okay. He pro- you know what he, you know what probably ends up happening? He gets a fucking job on wall street. He's got a hedge fund right now. He's probably rich as fuck. He's out in the Hamptons, Ed. And he turned into Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. He's got the the Yayo connections. For sure. Okay, for Kate McManus, for Ed Daly, this has been the movie review, St. Elmo's Fire, from theballerlifestyle.com. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Hell yeah, 
Podcast, the lifestyle's baller. Podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports, the culture, and whatever. Plus, you know there's Kate with a C, but she's known as Fancy Pop to you and me. Talking loud, comers, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 